Yeah, Yevgeny's back. Yay! <laughs> Despite the fact that the company itself was quite successful in many ways, mm. my air conditioning decided to uh, start bleeding with water on my TV. <laughs> Sorry, I know that's totally different mm. different topic, but that's the way how your podcast works. I think. <laughs> but basically what I've done is I've picked up some Ukrainian idioms Hello, lovely people. Welcome to the Distinct and Jovial podcast. My name is Dom, and I'm joined once again by my wonderful co-founder, Jerry. How are you doing, Bonjour. Jerry? Bonjour. Yes, I'm good, thank you. <laughs> and Privit. Have I got that right? Yes, indeed. There you go. Yeah. And we have uh, a... Oh, are you the second reoccurring guest or third reoccurring? I think you're the third reoccurring guest now. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. We've got to be... Anyway, hello, everyone. Yeah, Yevgeny's back. Yay! <laughs> So, uh, last time it totally feels like yeah, it totally feels like it. It was so much time since since uh, previous recording, and at the same time, it feels like it was yesterday. So yeah, really, yeah, yeah. You do have. I think you have the shortest time between because you were. Did we record in January for February? No, I think it was actually December for first mm. of January. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was yeah. the first one of the new year. Um, and then, yeah, Hooper was about a year and Swanee was about a year. So you have the shortest time. But no, I agree. It feels like simultaneously, think, oh, my God, January. Hopefully like- my wife never going to tell me the same. <laughs> Maybe she might Jerry's does it. all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chloe does all the time. <laughs> yeah, you can't get away with that one. No. <laughs> We've so just started and Jerry already screwed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, yeah. Is that nothing. unusual? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as you mention Chloe, Rachel, or the giant douche or the turd sandwich, it's just I just you're have to fifth shake my in head. the pecking order. I am. Yeah, I am. <laughs> if that, what? Chloe, Rachel, the dogs, you <laughs> mosquitoes. You've got other things in this house as well. Spiders, yeah, a couple, of inan- a couple of inanimate objects, I'm sure <laughs> yeah. as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm below those as well. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I suppose it's it's just you and your wife that live in your flat, isn't it, Evgeny? But you didn't, or have you? Because you have spoken about your parents before. Um, no, it's just us. Fortunately, <laughs> <laughs> don't have anything about. <laughs> can't say anything bad about parents, but it's definitely better to live in a separate. <laughs> apartments yeah yeah i i've I've had um a long conversation with one of my friends who has moved out for the first time at the ripe old age of 31 um which just the economic times in these times that's that's the thing um and he the discussion it was was about setting the boundary is about setting boundaries with parents which is hard to do really hard to do to kind of go no i'm an adult I love you and I appreciate you, but I'm an adult. Um, and my mum won't mind me saying this because we had a discussion actually on Wednesday when they came to visit. Um, I said I had to set a boundary. The big thing for me was car insurance. Like for me to do, it was like, no, 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 I need to do my own car insurance. It's lovely that you you want to help and do it for me and find the best deal, but I need to do it myself <laughs> too. Because without being harsh, mother, you aren't going to be around forever. So I need to learn how to do this while you're here so I can ask you questions. So, yes, it was a good conversation. Um, 
and yeah my my friend is now going through that <laughs> it's it's a missed opportunity though because like you know you've got confused.com and compare the meerkat and things so you could have had like domsmum.com yeah would it just be called the legend.com surely the legend yeah <laughs> of course the legend the legend.com for all your insurance needs <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that's it. She's going to use that for the rest of the. <laughs> when no, this goes think... out on the first of September, I'm going to get a uh, comment from my a text from my mum that simply says, "Can you create me that website?" <laughs> yeah, do it. Do it. Next thing you know, she'll be on TV. Oh, don't, don't. Going, hi, I'm Dom's mum. Also yeah. known as the legend. <laughs> the legend. Don't. Actually, like, I'm car... <laughs> looking for car insurance, looking for house insurance. Oh. No, I've just got a picture of my mum being on the, the chase. Because that's what my parents oh, yeah. like to do is quiz programs. Um, and she'd get really irritated with herself when she gets all the sports questions <laughs> right. Because she watches no sport, but seems <laughs> to know all of the answers. <laughs> How does that work? God. I... Uh, that is a conversation that you can have with my mother. <laughs> and, I, and I think I will. I'll make a note of that. <laughs> um, it is the 19th of August today. Um, it's a lovely, wonderful Saturday afternoon. It's been, it's been a good day weather-wise here in the UK. What is it like in Ukraine, is it? It's, it's pretty hot. I think it's 30 plus right now. Despite oh, the fact it's already... Plus. Yeah. It's it's already eight in the evening, but uh, thirty degrees. Yes. Yeah, thirty degrees. But I have air conditioning, so it's not that bad for me at least. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's something that we don't have in the UK is air conditioning in our houses or hotels. To be, well, to be fair, you don't really need it. If you look at the business case, the number of <laughs> hot days that we get in the UK it just doesn't stack up, does it? Right, well, your return know. on investment will be about 114 years on an air conditioning unit. In, interesting fact, I think I saw yesterday on Reddit uh, the note that 73% of Saudi Arabia electricity used for air conditioning only. Ooh. Yeah, I absolutely believe that. I 100% believe that. Because wow. uh, there's a, I mean, I, I would, it's on the bucket list to go and to go over to that part of the world, whether it's Bahrain, Saudi Arabia, that that thing, disagree with their human rights and some of their other laws, but I, I at least want to experience their culture and 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 do that. I'm privileged to, you know, for example, I'm privileged to have been to Ukraine, privileged to have been to Jamaica, to a few other places, and you know, get to sample the culture, um, and also because I'd like to watch the F1 over there. And that's one of the big things is about that energy requirement to kind of get get things in. But watching other people out there, it's it's like, you know, it's 50 degrees in the desert. And you're like, oh, that's just... That's, that's... I mean, how do you get your head around that? You want to go to yeah. a Formula Rosso, don't you? Is it Formula Rosso? Is it the fastest roller coaster in the... Oh, yeah, in that's Abu Dhabi. in... Yeah, is Ferrari World is in no, Abu sorry, Dhabi. Ferrari World, that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, and it contains the the fastest roller coaster in the world, yeah. um, which is very similar to Thought Park's. I want to say stealth off the top of my head, where it just accelerates. Oh, the one that goes up in the big. Yeah, it just loop. kind of goes up. It and just then goes down. up and then down. Yeah, 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 and 
you kind of get your face kind of I love ripped that. off. Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah, I do love roller coasters. <laughs> uh, I, we still haven't, as normally, got distracted in our, like me trying to read out this. <laughs> like, can you, like, next time, it, this is going to be fun. Um, it's the, this is our 27th episode. Uh, just as always to make a note that the views on this podcast are our own and don't represent the companies that we work for or whatever else we're associated with. Um, so please don't sack us or anything like that. That'd be very kind. Thanks very much. Right. I actually want to start this with a bit more lighthearted stuff. Um, so I, I, I put in like the two that you haven't done yet, Yevgeny. Um, and I do have like a couple of like more like questions around this, which I think would be really fascinating for hopefully others to to read about or your Ukrainian colleagues to criticize you about when you give your opinion, <laughs> which I'm sure that's going to be the case for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Especially as that's basically what I got this week is criticism in my food choices. Um, apparently, <laughs> Jerry, um, a young small colleague of ours disagrees with not putting bacon sandwiches, uh, not putting um, ketchup on bacon sandwiches. I mean, it's wrong. still not. It's still not a kiwi on pizza, so it's not that bad. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Kiwi on pizza? God, can't imagine it. <laughs> right. So, I suppose the first question is: like, are condiment for you? Are condiments acceptable for a bacon sandwich? Would you? Um. Actually, I don't have any opinion, or at least strict opinion, about it. I'm I'm pretty pretty open with uh, food questions, so it's fine. Is a bacon sandwich a staple of the in Ukraine? Like it's something that we no. would probably have. No, yeah, no, mm. not at all. And or so... maybe I'm not aware of. At least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean there is that element to it, isn't it? It's like. Wait, which 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 bit am I am I in? Like every every Ukrainian listening to this now will be going. Oh no, I eat, be- I eat bacon sandwiches all the time. What's your yeah, yeah, and I'm just <laughs> yeah during what, listening what's to this podcast. About? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want about Yevgeny? What do you want about? <laughs> yeah, hopefully not too cruel. Um, because like the bit that I kind of thought about from this is, I suppose at the moment you've got Russia trying to invade. Um, and I don't know, obviously, you're a big ex- exporter of sunflower seeds, I want to say. Yeah, Huge. the, the yeah. biggest in the world, I think. Mm. But I'm wondering, are there other, f- obviously, you've got to import stuff. Are there other f- actually foods at the moment that are rationed or is it still fairly kind of open? Um not sure what do you mean so can we import anything else well i mean like is there any food that's in your supermarkets that doesn't seem to have appeared or uh, that that, that's missing from the shelves or anything like that Mm, no i think there was a gap for three months at the beginning uh where we were able to notice that some of the products have been missing but i think it's mostly because of the um how it's called like shipment chains because mm-hmm. uh, we usually um, been exporting and importing a lot of stuff through the Black Sea, but now uh, Russia kind of shut this down, so we had to rebuild everything with railways and uh, well, we had obviously with railways and um, uh, like car roads uh, imports and exports as well, but the percentage was 
much smaller because it's super cheap to um, do the shipments through the sea or ocean. Uh, so yeah, there was this case for three months, but then uh, it's, yeah, it's ironically that uh, some of the products that been missing before appeared uh, during last year. So for example, Dominic knows that uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Belgium uh, Blue Moon beer. Uh, oh, yeah, I know that. Yeah. But by the way, I'm 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 now have quite a few uh, buddies from Belgium who said that that's not a Belgian beer. Uh, it's been <laughs> bought by Americans, so yeah, it yeah. has nothing with Belgium anymore. Yeah. So we we don't think that this is a proper beer, and just uh, was making fun of me. But anyway, I like it, and uh, the interesting thing was that it wasn't. Uh, I wasn't able to buy it anywhere in Ukraine before invasion. And I was able to buy it only in UK, Belgium, or some, some other countries I've been visiting. But since last year, I can buy it in pretty much every supermarket. I know that's totally silly and inappropriate example because I'm referring to a can of beer, but that's, that's the case I have. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, no, no problems at all. Uh, uh, by the way, maybe after this recording, I even uh, send you a, uh, if I will be able to find the post on Reddit, which became a bit uh, a bit popular on the front page. Uh, so last year, um, our army liberated uh, one of the cities that uh, Russia took, Kherson. It was uh, in in November, and uh, I think in in like few weeks they uh, was able to start the businesses that been shut down and rebuilt uh, quite a few buildings. And uh, there was a post of a uh, supermarket in Kherson after the invasion and uh, all of this. And uh, people starting to complain in comments that, hey, I'm like in Germany or in, in UK or in somewhere and my supermarket looks worse than this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I, I don't think there are any problems. I think... I think it's like, actually, it probably relates a little bit to what I, I've mentioned it a couple of podcasts ago about the region beta paradox, right? That bit where things get so bad, you have to change it. Well, I mean, if your supermarket's been dismantled, it's that's so bad that you kind of need to rebuild it. Whereas I suspect that a lot of the, like, you know, supermarkets and stuff that have been around in the UK that are a bit dilapidated, they they're not bad enough for somebody to go, we should really kind of you yeah, know, yeah. spruce this up, but they're, they're, they're just, they're, they're just bad and you kind of live with it. Um, actually there's a, there's a small, um, small, uh, um, version of a, of a supermarket around the corner where they do like, the, you know, they do mini versions. Um, and it was one of those pretty dilapidated and it's and when things get dilapidated i don't know if this is the case in ukraine but jerry i'm sure you've probably recognized it when things get a bit rough like the the crowd that goes there gets a bit rough as well <laughs> Shall we it, attra say? it attracts yeah. a rougher crowd yeah 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 i'm yeah. i mean obviously where i live it's like a bit like instead of the combine harvesters it's the tractors with three wheels sort of thing and <laughs> instead of carrying like nice shiny you know in nice new shiny coats and like flat caps it's more like <laughs> overalls and I'm going to get stabbed by a pitchfork if I talk to the wrong person <laughs> so what you're saying dom is that before Mm. Like you didn't go there, but now you do. 
<laughs> no, no. Before I ah, didn't go there, okay. but but it's obviously got it obviously got bad enough because hey. they redid it. Because I went in and it was like the whole thing was shut, and I was like, this should just be shut. Like, there's no room. They've redone it. It's really nice. And the I I ventured over there the other day, and I went, oh, the clientele appears to have stepped up. There's no need for a security guard on the door or a traffic light system to check how many children are in are in the are in the supermarket. So. You know, it's it's one of those things that that, nice. that you kind of notice. <laughs> and to be fair, it's always easier to build something from scratch, uh, especially if you know how to do this. And I think that's exactly the case why we have this difference in internet connections because uh, UK was one of the pioneers of uh, implementing the whole solution. Mm. And uh, this is the reason why you probably have a lot of legacy networks and uh, all of these highways of, of the optical network. Uh, but when you're building it from scratch, knowing all of the experience, for example, from UK, it's really easier to build a, a better, yeah, better know, network. Do you know what I love about that? Is somehow Yevgeny has still managed to get an absolute burn on your internet, Jerry, within the first <laughs> 20 minutes. <laughs> He's not wrong, though. No, it's not. It's not. That's, the, that's what's brilliant. <laughs> I, I just love the fact that it's it's... Actually, sometimes it it pays to not be first, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is it the? I think it's the um, Top Gear special where they go out to. I th- I don't know if they're still called Burma now or the Myanmar as what, what they might be called when they did the lorry special, and they went and visited that place, and it had a was it a 24 lane highway but with nothing on it oh because God. they're preparing for the influx whereas if you go to london it's like single streets single streets single streets and actually i feel a bit of a nerd about this at the moment because i'm watch i'm i'm finding my youtube choice at the moment is um city skylines where you know you, you've got like you you build a city and there's a lot around traffic management it's like lane mathematics and and bits and pieces where you know three lanes one lane splits off so have one lane and then drop down to two so you, you know so you've got a dedicated turning lane type things and then the traffic builds up if you've got like if you set the lane to do more than one thing because people will just admittedly the ai in the game is it can't quite figure it out and it will it'll all queue in that first lane because that's just the way the game works. But as soon as you put a dedicated turning lane, they spread out. Um, so it's a bit of a game hack, but it's one of those things just about like cities and, you know, internet things that when you build it from scratch, it's much easier. Nice. I think the only one that me and Yevgeny would agree on is not always the case is uh, software development, where the best thing to do is to find one that works, copy and paste it, and then edit to what you need. <laughs> You can't yeah, quite do that with bricks and mortar. Not really, no. <laughs> can't lift and shift. <laughs> yeah, well, they always tell you it's a lift and shift when you do software development, and it never is. No, it never is. It never is. I don't remember the last one that was actually a lift and shift. There's no such the, thing anymore. <laughs> the last time the last time I had a project like that, it was like, oh, it's going to be a six a six like month project and it ended up being i don't know uh two years <laughs> it's like it's just a lift and shift it's just a it's a reskin <laughs> no it wasn't it really wasn't yeah right so second food question having meals at the wrong time i.e 
I mean, in the UK, having cereal, uh, I put having cereal for breakfast, which is the traditional one, but like where you might have cereal for like at like ten o'clock in the evening. I've gone. You're. I mean, you said you're a pretty open guy, so I suspect that you probably don't have set meals. No, I, I don't. So I can eat anything at any point of time. So uh, usually, uh, to, to be honest, usually I can take the in, what's so called English breakfast or. I don't know. Is it the sink even in English? Uh, mm-hmm. In England, no. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so this English breakfast I can easily take during the dinner, and uh, yeah, with cereals the same. But I don't eat cereals at all. But yeah, I don't see a problem to eat them during the dinner. Is there a traditional set of like you would like for you, like so for the UK, like your traditional breakfast would be breakfast cereal, milk, juice toast type thing lunch would be like sandwiches you know that packed lunch sandwiches crisps some kind of chocolate bar um and then the evening would be a cooked meal whether that be like anything from like i don't know um you know roast dinner on a sunday for example although that's a bit ambiguous because you might have that for lunch but is there a set of like ukrainian traditional meals that you would say this is breakfast food yeah i think i think there are i would say there are three main ones the first one we can call <laughs> Ukrainian French, I guess, because it's just a cup of coffee, uh, probably with a cigarette. <laughs> uh, the second... That's the sort of breakfast I like. <laughs> that's, Jer- that's 1980s, Jerry. Kind of ready for... 80s and 90s, I'll have you know. <laughs> that was your student union, student oh, days. 100%. University. Used to wake up in the morning, reach out for the cigarettes, put the kettle on. Lovely. <laughs> Yeah, and the second one is uh, omelette, I guess, or any type of eggs. Uh, and the third one, I think, um, yeah, I, at least I think it should be pretty common. Uh, it's, um, I don't know even how to describe it. It's like, do you know the cottage cheese? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, been, been uh, prepared like uh, tall pancakes, if that makes sense. Right. Yes, yeah, yeah, that makes sense to me, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, sorry, yeah, hang back. I say that again. So it's cottage it's cheese. Like is... a, yeah, so it's like like mini tall pancakes, uh, but with the cottage cheese. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, right. and usually it's served with. So, for example, uh, during the whole summer, you, usually my wife and I have this breakfast with a set of different fruits, or uh, yeah. Nice. Or anything like this, so it's it's really nice breakfast. Nice, mm. yeah. Probably now's now, a good time to tell you, Yevgeny, that that the um, have you heard the latest about Subway? No, they're opening apparently one thousand stores across Ukraine. They listen. Oh, really? The, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they listened to the episode and they they thought they were so outraged about the fact that they said, "Oh my god." This guy reckons that we haven't got some kind of a clear proposition, <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or maybe, yeah, or maybe they just opening a legal entity so they can sue me. Or yeah, 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 that's what it is. So, what? so the thousand outlets. So that's phase one. The the legal action. That's phase two. <laughs> <laughs> Who's project managing that one? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just lift and shift. <laughs> <laughs> 
What's interesting, actually, on Subway, that is a bit of a good segue. Well, it's not really a segue, but um, the you because I think you said you didn't see the purpose. I think it was the purpose of Subway, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's interesting, the, the bit that makes Subway unique is the fact that you could have anything on anything, right? You could have like steak and cheese with like jalapenos and lettuce and onions if you wanted. Apparently, in this current cost-cutting, wonderful world that we currently live in, they're removing the ability to to have anything on anything. So Subway is now turning into set menus to save money, which I was like, well, I know that Yevgeny said that there was no purpose to it before, but now there's even less purpose <laughs> because the whole point was the fact that I could go and have whatever I wanted. Like I could have. I'm like, so maybe what they've actually, and this is genuine, by the way, this isn't like what the one of Jerry's jokes. This is genuinely like, hmm, have they listened to Yevgeny and gone, yeah, maybe we have no purpose. I know what we'll do is we'll run ourselves into the ground even more. But I mean, it at least makes sense to generate more revenue if you yes. just give up with a purpose and just want to make more money. Yeah, yeah. Because that's your new purpose now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, yeah, absolutely. Is, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, quite sad. I mean, yeah, I mean, we can, like, obviously, that's pretty much every company in the world's purpose is to make money. So at the moment, I think they're all doing the same thing. Where can we save money? Where can we charge more people money? I think... I, th I think that's... Yeah, sorry, go on. I th the biggest sting for me was the car insurance that went up 87%. <laughs> I was like, Ow. What? I know. Oh, that's insane. I know. Based on what? Uh, vibes, I think. Just pure, just pure vibes. Vibes. I think. Vibes. I think I read because um, because actually the insurance company that I was I'm with was mentioned in the in the, on the BBC the other day, where they'd lost a load of customers. They'd lost something like five million customers or something ridiculous. But the amount that they're charging more, they're actually still making more money than before they had those five million customers. And I was like, yeah, they've raised my insurance prices by 87%, but they were still the cheapest. So what can you do? That's interesting because just a few days ago, I had a conversation. Sorry, I know that's totally different mm. different topic, but that's the way how your podcast works. I think. <laughs> uh, so yeah, do it. No, do it, no, do we it. never go on tangents. <laughs> yeah, so I, I had a conversation with my colleague uh, that I feel like there is no reason, I mean, except uh, generating more money and uh, became more, a bigger and bigger company, there is actually no point of becoming a public company. Because mm. every single public company, even if they were kind of, uh, they have uh, their mission, they trying to make the empl their employees happy and so on and so on. Once you became a public company, you have your um, stocks on the market. The only thing that really matters in any circumstances is to generate more revenue. So the uh, people that uh, invest, investors of your company are going to be happy. And that's, that's really sad. And at this point, I understood that maybe the choices, uh, when you're making a choice to uh, find a new place to work is find a company that is not public. And that's where I uh, find myself uh, for many years. I've been using Reddit and I really like this application. And I thought that, yes, probably that's going to be 
uh, at the moment, at least the only company I would work for if they open uh, office in, in Kiev. And actually they did a few years ago, but by some reason they hiring only designers. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> but uh, you probably heard that a few months ago, they started preparation to become also a public company. And yep. the whole, I'm not sure if I can say it here, but shit show started with all of this, uh, uh, cases trying to kill the third-party applications, uh, add more mm. ads, and so on and so on. Despite the fact that the company itself was quite successful in many ways, mm. but this aim to become bigger and became a public company, I think it's it's what's ruining them right now. It's um, it's a real beef of mine, right? And and it's a really good tangent. It's a really random tangent. I, I don't know how we're going to get back to like. <laughs> yeah, sorry. No, 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 but it's really good because obviously the Reddit stuff was like a massive like drama. Obviously they did the, the R, so they did R slash place, which where people can put pixels. So people get together and do stuff. And there was a lot around um, the CEO telling the CEO where to stick it because he killed off Apollo, yeah. which was the most popular Reddit application to read. But one of the, my, I've just finished my favorite series of books. And my favorite series of books is The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. And I think I've probably told some of this story before, but um, there is a, I'm, I call it a side quest story because it's not really germane to the main storyline. Like you could eliminate it and it would, wouldn't make any difference to the main storyline, but it's quite an interesting concept. And I think it was a good way for the author to get in a little like dig at like politics and money and capitalism. But essentially one of the characters goes um, changes from the small magazine that she's a co-owner of to um, an, uh, uh, to the editor in, editor in chief of um, a major newspaper, but the major newspaper is in trouble. Like the, this is it's set around two thousand three to two thousand five, and the major newspaper is 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 in troubles. And there's a conversation that she has with the CFO and the head of budget, where they're like, "Right, we need to we need to cut more jobs because we're losing money." Um, and she's like, you know, they're like, oh, how are we going to do that? And they call it the cheese plane principle. Cut a, cut a job here, cut a job there. You know, you've got five on the sports desk, cut that down to three and a half. You've got, you know, two on the, on the, on the politics panel, cut that to one, you know, those types of things. And she's, her, her role when she was hired as a CEO was to come in and um, revitalize the paper, basically, you know, bring it back up to speed. And she's like, she's against these cuts. And she, this the second meeting that she has she starts going into like she starts looking at it and she's like <clears throat> how long can the newspaper bleed like how long can the newspaper not make a profit and she comes up with a zero profit like budget which means that you know it you know taking a load of savings but not getting rid of staff so that she's got you know she can revitalize the paper then more people will buy it right because you know, if if you keep shaving people, the paper gets smaller, less people buy it, then you have to keep shaving, blah, 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 and then you just bring yourself into capitalism. And this, it's funny, the CFO basically turns around and says, well, are you suggesting that we shouldn't pay our shareholders dividends? And she basically says, in, in a short word, yes, yes, you shouldn't. And this is the this is the problem that I think it's a big problem that we've had the last two years. Like, if you look at places like Shell, um, you know, Admiral, things like that. What these companies are currently doing, and this has got really political, so I apologies, but what these companies are effectively doing is they are 
um, making sure that they can pay their shareholders and are therefore moving all of the prices onto the customers or the employees. So they're refusing employees' pay rises and they're not giving that to customers. So um, in this story, she says to the CFO, you are awarding yourself 400,000 uh, krona, it's set in Sweden, but you know, 400,000 pound bonus this year for a admit ad, admitting cutbacks and the reason you can get away with that is because you're guaranteeing that the shareholders are going to get dividends at the end of the year and she was trying to explain he was said but that's capitalism and she's like yes exactly capitalism is not about always being able to pay your shareholders capitalism is about the shareholders taking a risk shareholders need to are to pay into a company and have to understand that they may lose money but i guarantee you a significant proportion of shareholders in the last year year and a half probably haven't lost money they've probably been protected some may have done in some companies but they've been very much protected because what the company's got companies have done is gone oh there's a there's a bit of a living cost of living crisis so what we're going to do is we're going to pump all our prices up because that's what everyone else is doing which inflates the cost of living crisis Yes, all our customers will will suffer, but we're going to make massive amount of profits. We can give all our dividends to our shareholders, and what that does is that separates the wealth, uh, the you know the the poverty, the wealth and the poverty gap even more than it already done. And what it's going to take is exactly what you said, Yevgeny, about a private company. All it's going to what it's going to take is a company to go. This is wrong. This is not how capitalism should work. I'm sorry, shareholders, you took a risk, but we've got to protect the people. And then hopefully morality will kick in. Or it takes a government to kind of go, which generally operate on a less, not a zero profit, but they operate on a on a reduced profit margin. So i.e. we shouldn't have a bloody Tory government that are trying to get all their, like, their, their mates in into these companies to buy them all out and stuff like that. But to basically go, hang on a minute, what we actually need to do is take this company back back you know back from a public facing company to a public owned company so that sh- the, the shareholders are pu- the shares are pumped back into the company and the public not people wanted to make money and that that's that's how you get these swings in balance um so yeah that was a really long ranty rave about how our politics and capitalism at the moment drives me absolutely scatty um, I would absolutely love to sit in a courtroom with the CEO of Shell at the moment and be like, justify your $44.9 billion profit this year when these people can't buy buy anything. I, 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 there is no justification for that. Absolutely none. Doesn't, it, I can't see it at all. And I'd I'll just like that. to add to that. <laughs> so anyway, going back to condiments, no, I'm joking. So, so just to add to that, um, the, uh, the the thing that, that also is a fundamental principle that never makes sense for me, whether it's for a company or for an economy, essentially uh, any kind of a, um, any kind of a capitalist type framework is how can you expect growth every single year, every month, every quarter, every year in a world with finite resources. Explain mm. that to me. I mean, no, no. I mean, you can, uh, considering the inflation, but uh, not <laughs> no. always if you exclude inflation out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. We, well, and and it's, a, it's a really interesting 
kind of like how do we kind of like how do you change that in the world like i mean like in the uk i'm gonna get an opportunity at some point at some it feels like it feels like we haven't had a general election for about 10 years jerry it i does. don't know about you but it yeah does. it, it does i was thinking so that the long. other day i know and it's not even until next year that they're talking about potentially i think november next year oh god really uh, anyway but the the point being that um uh, how to phrase this is that it feels very powerless to kind of change that, yeah. you know, without sticking like the CEO of Shell in a room with me for five minutes. I guarantee he wouldn't <laughs> give up his money by then. Yeah. But the the it, it's it, it's 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 really difficult to kind of change that, and you know, but you also want the companies that you work for to make some kind of money because you'd like to be employed and you need enough money for you to live as well, um, mm. and bits and pieces like that. Um, I think that's where. Uh, you know, definitely for, I think for the three of us, perhaps struggle a little bit is because, well, I know that, you know, both me and Evgeny are, you still code. I don't code anymore. Um, and Jerry, you have some common sense. Whether your wife agrees with that is another matter. <laughs> no. Um, so anything that feels illogical, you're just like, well, it makes no sense. I can't understand it. Why have we done that? Why have we done that? Um, and, yeah, I've I just I've just I, I, I just imagine how you sitting in the same room with this uh, CEO and uh, it gave me the vibes of uh, Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk uh, trying to fight itself, uh, themselves. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, we've not even spoken about Twitter at the moment any on this podcast, <laughs> have we? I mean, I'm absolutely happy to go into the Twitter. To, to be to be fair, uh, at least Elon said that uh, he's going to make Twitter a private company again so yes that's yeah that's probably the only thing that we can agree with him i didn't know that i didn't yeah. know that oh, wow. that's the only thing otherwise he's made it a great platform for what right-winged um members to to kind of get involved with and the the news today um it was the um uh how to phrase it He's getting rid of the ability to block people on Twitter, so you can't block people that you don't want to. You don't want to see, or or on Twitter or whatever it's called now, X, isn't it? The the thing formerly known as Twitter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think they've changed the logo and everything. Yeah. But I think most people still call it Twitter. <laughs> so yeah, right. Shall we? Shall I? Shall we stop ranting about politics? I mean, we can continue. I'm you went. You went full continue. political. <laughs> I did. Political. Leroy Jenkins. It was a little bit full, yeah. Leroy, wasn't it? A little bit. Apologies, listeners. <laughs> uh, I'm sure I'm going to get told off on, on from somebody I know that does that. Um, no, great. Um, and the the next part, I completely frazzled my own brain today, like trying to figure <laughs> this. Anybody would have thought that I should be a competent, like, host, co-host, whatever you would like to call me these days. Come on, Jerry, help me out. <laughs> help uh, me out. Host, yeah. The host of the most. <laughs> it's the host of the most. Oh, dear. Don't get me started. I've got to do Mondays. Um, so the next bit I've got is um, idiom investigation. Um, the, we were supposed to do these last time, but we ran out of time. And the reason I, we'll, we'll do these fairly quick, but basically what I've done is I've picked up some Ukrainian idioms, which I don't know if you've got the document over in Yevgeny. I don't know if you can see. I'm going to open it right now. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, because I've got them in Ukrainian and in English. And what it what it told me was a direct translation to English. Um, and then I've put in some additional notes, which is like what it would be, what the English equivalent idiom would be. Um, I think some of, by the way, some of them, the Ukrainian ones, Jerry, are significantly better than our English ones. <laughs> yeah. so, I was reading them going, what? So, yeah. They're like twice as long as well. And some some interesting concepts. Right. I'm going to ask you, Evgeny, you've got to read out the Ukrainian for us on the first one. And yeah, then yeah, I'll, sure. I'll, then I'll do the, yeah, so you can go. Do you want, do you want me to uh, read this first? Yeah, if you read the Ukrainian for the first one. Yeah, so the, the first one, Provovka, Promovka. Ooh. Uh, it says talking about the wolf is apparently the that one, and the which is I think is the literal translation. I don't know if you yeah. got if you tr- yeah, but the English idiom then would be speak of the devil, um, which I'm I'm never quite sure. Speak like, of the devil. Yeah, speak of the devil, and and he will appear. That one. Yeah. 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 yeah that's that's exactly the case. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I have no idea why it's why it uh, says wolf, but apparently it means something. Yeah, I mean, and I was about to say, is would it be a religious based thing? <laughs> I, I think it, it's more uh, from the ancient uh, times because we have tons of woods around Ukraine, so probably the uh, our our guys back there try to uh, hear if there is a wolf somewhere and so on. So they were just afraid of it. So that became a part of the, of the phrase. Yeah. And yeah, so similar, it's like a similar to us. It's like a, it's kind of become a a superstitious kind of like, Oh, I mean like the, the, do you know what the best modern example of this is? (laughs) Is the Harry Potter. (laughs) He must not be named. You can't say his name. Or ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can't say Voldemort. But at least we can yeah. say that uh, apparently uh, Ukrainians afraid wolf much more than the devil. <laughs> yeah, that's a definitely interesting. Totally, totally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose I'm... you see more wolves than devils. I suppose. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. And by the way, can, I'm proud of myself. That was one Harry Potter reference I got. I'm not a Harry <laughs> Potter fan, but I got that. You actually got the Harry Potter reference. Yeah. Is that is that going to be go down well with with Rachel, or is is she just going to be like, oh, for God's sake, Dad? <laughs> no, she started reading them. I started reading the books as well, and it's like, yeah, I just didn't. I'm more Lord of the Rings. I think we've had this conversation before. I'm definitely yeah, more <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Yeah. I would ask: Have you read it in English or Ukrainian, or either, or neither, or? both uh so harry potter was only in ukrainian because i was too young to read in english Uh, (laughs) but i had yeah i had a uh i had a thought to reread everything uh, in english version considering that my memory now captures mostly uh movies which makes uh, makes sense right uh Mm. but there are so much details in the book so I, i definitely need to read it at some point oh yeah there's like there's whole sections and i think four five six i think they concentrated on like the main storyline but there is at least like 12 or 13 like side quest storylines um it's not it i i i i I do enjoy them and i think actually from a 
if you're going to listen to them as audiobooks, they have been recorded by um, Stephen Fry. Um, mm, okay. So they are yeah. very good. Like he does a very, very good impression because I find audiobooks, they sometimes can become like a little bit flat. Like noise at the background? Oh, okay. Yeah, no, yeah, not, not not so much noise in the background, but like, um, there's no emotion when you read the non-dialogue bits. So, mm-hmm. um, Lord of the Rings, especially, like, you know, Tolkien described these grand, like, huge things, and you kind of, but the person that reads the audiobooks is a bit like, the grass was green and the this was shaped like that and this was shaped like that and this was shaped nah, nah, nah. and it's a little bit flat whereas Stephen Fry kind of really puts a bit of emphasis into like the descriptive like you know, the staircases were moving and 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 things like that so um yeah cannot cannot recommend enough actually the Stephen Fry ones um and it's quite a it's like he's in that collection of characters that I would or like narrators that i would have as a um like happy to fall asleep to so like david attenborough stephen fry those types of people you could very easily just... <laughs> here in yeovil <laughs> we have a lesser spotted dominic falling asleep under a weighted blanket <laughs> i wish i wish <laughs> right should we do the second one yeah, the second one is Pokazate uh, Derakezemuit. Yeah. Oh, so good. Uh, to, show, to show where the crayfish is wintering. And yeah. I'm not sure that's a. Is that, is that what you would do it? Uh, yeah. I mean, if it's a literal translation, it's more like uh, when you're trying to. Um, I forgot the right word. Uh, Make sure that person afraids you or something like that. Yeah. To teach him a lesson. Yeah, is, more or is, less. Is is the way that I think that is the equivalent I would um <laughs> Are you Jerry? Yeah, this this tickled me. To show where the crayfish I'll show you where the crayfish is wintering. <laughs> okay. I'm going to use that now instead of I'm going to teach you a lesson. Oh, I'll show them where the crayfish is wintering. I want you to get that into into the call that we have together this week. <laughs> we'll do it. We'll do it. I mean, you know, when you when you get used to those uh, phrases since you're a child, it's it's kind of normal for you. But when you kind of rethink uh, what it does mean for everybody, it's it's really gives me a chuckle. I love it. Uh, that's why this is one of my favorite sections when we kind of do them, especially because at work, like when we're in work, you get all kinds of ridiculous phrases like, let's send that at the frag pole and see who salutes. Some of those <laughs> ones, which is like, what? Like, where is, like, and then you look into the origins of it and you go, it's got quite a conspicuous origin to it and, and things like that. But also it just allows, I mean, especially for myself and Jerry, just to dissect it and go, it's a completely ridiculous phrase. Why do we use it? It makes absolute no sense to us why we, we even think about all. using that to that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like to teach them a lesson is is to basically what it says. That is, it's almost to let someone fall, you know, like we should let our, you know, let um, stockholders fail in there when the company that they've put stock into fails. <laughs> Strange that, isn't it? 
<laughs> Sorry, that got political again, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. Shall I go with the third one? Yes, third one. Yeah, the third one is Gila uh, Vorona, which is, uh, yeah, you translated it right. It's a uh, white crow. White crow, uh, which we would use uh, a, a black sheep on that one. Yeah. Which we totally opposite. <laughs> which, well, yeah, yeah similar, but totally different color. And, you know, yeah. It kind of, it, it's, it's, I mean, it's got the same sentiment, hasn't it? It's like, you, you're like, yeah. if you saw a white crow, you'd be like, what? Um, uh, I don't, in fact, I don't think I've ever seen an albino crow. Would that be a thing that you could get? Maybe. Not sure. Yeah. I'm Googling it right now. Yeah, there is one, actually. Is there? Yeah. Some of them are white uh, in color, too. Uh, The white bird is also known as an albino. Mm. So, it's a thing. Yeah, uh, because albino is like a... Uh, yeah, a generic term, but yeah. Oh yeah, I go albino crow. Um, and uh, is albino when uh, is it's, it's probably something to do with genes that just kind of uh, a cognitive absence of pigment in the skin and hair, which are white, and the eyes, which are usually pink. So yeah, wow. And I, so I think good. that isn't like um, like white. Tigers are actually just albino, I believe, but there may be a there may be another genetic that does that one. I could be completely wrong. Um, so yeah, but yeah, I mean, effectively, it basically is to refer to somebody who it, it looks out. like. Yeah, they they live usually in Connecticut, which is okay. <laughs> not Very definitely specific. not the place where I would expect them to. Yeah, to find. Oh, I was just I was just looking at the wiki page actually for this phrase, um, and the idiom is in many languages: German, French, Italian, Croatian, Bulgarian, Hebrew, Portuguese, Greek, Turkish, Hungarian, Dutch, Afrikaans, Swedish, Danish, Spanish, Catalan, Czech, Slovak, Romanian, and Polish. Um, so it's a lot. The same concept is illustrated in other languages by the phrase "white white crow," for example. Uh, Ukrainian, Russian, and Persian. Persian's an interesting one. I didn't realize that mm. one. That'll be quite. Uh, I'm not going to try and pronounce that because um, I'll I'll butcher that one. Uh, number four. This one's great. Yeah, that's Kitsuno uh, Tesvinyu. To plant a pig on someone. That one's. Amazing, which is another phrase to pull someone's leg. Which I think, so Jerry, you were trying to plant a pig on Yevgeny earlier with your subway story. <laughs> I was, I was. Then I decided it'd be easier just to pull his leg. <laughs> I'm not, by the way, I haven't heard about pull someone's leg before, so this is something new for me. So, yeah, does so it mean, like to do something bad for the, for another person, right? No, it's, it's uh, no, it's to tease somebody. Mm. Oh, okay, no, that's that's not the case then. In, in uh, with the peak, with the peak, it's when you're trying to uh, make something bad for the person, but not like a awful thing, but rather than some small oh. silly thing. Yeah. 
So for yeah, example, yeah, if you, I don't know. I, yeah, yeah. So if you're expecting somebody to uh, give you the presentation for the meeting and they didn't give it to you uh, intentionally, then this is to plan the peak. Ah, okay. So we would go to to pull somebody's leg would be to tell them, "Oh, I haven't done the, I haven't done the presentation." Watch them panic and then be like, "Oh, I'm joking. Here you go. Here it is." Yeah. So that's oh, no, to no. pull someone's leg. It's not the joking uh, with the peak. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. okay, interesting. So I haven't quite got the right kind of one. I'm not sure we've got a. I'm not sure we. I think that's just called being a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's an idiom for it. I think that's just like, don't be such a knob. Yeah. Feel free to use pig. <laughs> yeah, I, to plant a pig on someone. I'm gonna. I like quite like that one. Uh, um, although I, I am curious how that came about. Like how you kind. Of, <laughs> it's like that's a really interesting way to kind of do it. Hmm. Probably because uh, pig is not the nicer uh, domestic animal to to have in your house so maybe that's the case apparently they are apparently pigs are really really good as pets well if if you're talking about this uh, tiny uh, little pigs then maybe yes but the big one uh, no no the... it generates so much noise so i don't suppose you oh, want to, to sleep at the same place <laughs> the yeah pig. yeah 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 no 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 they are they are quite noisy creatures but no apparently they're they're really easy to train you know they're as easy yeah, to train as some true. dogs. They're um, they're they're considering they like to sit in mud when they sit outside. They are quite clean animals, um, and their diet you know their diet is fairly simple. So they're quite simple in in that regard. Um, I'm sure Jerry is probably better than a giant douche in terms of like diet. Ah, <laughs> oh, the giant douche <laughs> and the turd sandwich. <laughs> you love your pets, Jerry, but <laughs> I do. But they, my God, are they hard work sometimes, all the time. <laughs> Flipping egg. Oh, dear. Right, okay, we shall the... we go to the next one? Yeah. Yeah, the fifth one, is it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's uh, which one I one, which is a squeezed lemon, I think. Squeezed yes. lemon. Yeah. So we would say someone is dead tired, I think is probably yeah, the same meaning. That's, that's the right one. Yeah. Yeah. Cream that's crackered. Cr- yeah, green cracker. That's not yeah. Me, me and Jerry at like four p.m. on a Friday. <laughs> we are definitely four p.m. on a Monday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh dear. Yeah, we're definitely squeeze lemons then. <laughs> yeah, it's shriveled. Definitely shriveled. <laughs> I the way you just keep taking that further and further. Well, I'm, you went I'm, out with dried lemons. Yeah, dried lemons, squeezed lemons, shriveled lemons, Squid whatever lemons. you want to call them. <laughs> eh, I, I'm just in. I'm in one of those kind of like just. I'm just thoughtful moods. I, I blame. <laughs> I blame the politics rant. That's what I blame. <laughs> uh, number six. Yeah, it's "Pidlejachi uh, kamieni vodana teče." Wow. Uh, yeah. Do you want I, to translate? Yeah, under the under the lying stone, water does not flow. Um, and for us, this would be no pain, no gain. So without yeah, working right. hard, you wouldn't get anything. Yeah. Um, and I did look this one up from was I uh, from kind of the your perspective, and it's basically a how 
um it's basically saying like the 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 heavier you put yourself the more rooted that you put yourself the less likely you are going to be to be moved but you've got to take the bracing of the water uh to kind of grow um interestingly the um the stone analogy is quite good in terms of um because you can be worn down but still exist um and that just shows like true kind of grit whereas no pain no gain is kind of a <laughs> it's kind of a uh an aspect of um just dealing with things isn't it um and go, or they go back to greek times like when it was yeah. bc and that's bc before christ not bc before children mother <laughs> <laughs> before crisps before before chips before, before chips <laughs> yeah bc yeah whenever yeah. chips were invented okay. I yeah, the last the one is Kupite Kotav Mishko. To buy a cat buy, in a sack. Yeah. To buy a cat in a sack. <laughs> um, I didn't find an equivalent idiom, but it's basically to buy with, like, buy blindly, to buy without testing, so yeah. to speak. It, it, it's not specifically to buy, it's to uh, make an action or take anything that uh, you don't know what it's going to be. Oh, so it's a bit Leroy Jenkins like. <laughs> yeah, 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 something like that. <laughs> so we found the Ukrainian equivalent of Leroy Jenkins. Yeah, to buy a cat in a sack. I hope you. Were, I hope when you re-listen to these back, Jerry, you're going to learn these these phrases in Ukrainian to say back as well on <laughs> yeah, our yeah. Wednesday for our Wednesday meeting. <laughs> I'm going to do it. Actually, I'm going to bring this document up, ready for Wednesday. Oh yeah, I want the crayfish one is one that I definitely want to see if you oh, can get that's in. Brilliant. <laughs> that's a that's a challenge. Yeah, we've got to not only on the Wednesday meeting, but just in a meeting generally. Yes. So on Wednesday, are you expecting to have a meeting with Ukrainians or just the <laughs> Wednesdays? <laughs> Wednesday's a day that me and Jerry have a share a meeting. We don't share any other meetings oh, at okay. the moment, apart from the one apart from one that we have consistently on a Wednesday. Yeah. Um, and it's a, uh, the best way to term it's probably a safe space meeting. So the conversations are very um, broad um, and they deal with like a lot of, you know, with change and, and what's going on, um, which means it's a perfect, it's a perfect meeting to try and get I some ridiculous phrasing in. Because as soon as he brings it up, everybody will call him out on it rather than <laughs> if he brought it up in a wider audience meeting someone might go that's a bit weird but i'm just gonna let that fly because obviously it's a <laughs> it's an office idiom i don't know about <laughs> yeah the reason why i'm asked is because the, the reason why i'm asking this is because i don't suppose that too many people uh who are not native speakers might be using crayfish as a word uh, so the the kind of uh interesting thing when you are not a native speaker you might be pretty confident in a lot of topics, but those mm. topics should be connected to your daily work or life. Mm. And things like crayfish, there is not too much circumstances where you will come up with this word, right? Because either <laughs> you should eat them too often or work with them or <laughs> I don't know, anything like that. So that's where it's become quite complicated. For example, for me, going to be probably pretty hard to speak about, I don't know, fishing and all of this stuff around fishing because 
I don't normally uh, doing this, and especially mm. I'm not doing this with somebody who speaks uh, who speaks English. Yeah, that's yeah. That's the thing. It's it's interesting. Like language is a really interesting thing, and idioms is a really good example of why languages make things very difficult. Like the the English language, as as a thing, like as a non-native speak. If I was a non-native speaker to in, to English, I don't know how you do it because honestly. Our grammatical rules are mental, yeah. right? They're absolutely yeah. crazy. It's like I before E except after C, except in thief and this word and that word and thief and weird. And there's, there's, in fact, I think there's almost more examples of where it's not the case as where it is the case. <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, and that's just, a, that's just one example of some of the crazy things. Um, it, things like as well, why it's bish, bash, bosh and not bosh, bish, bash. Uh, there's all those types yeah, of true, rules yeah. um, that kind of come in. And um, I mean, I've dabbled in learning other language. I know Jerry's fairly good at French um, and just dabbled in a little bit of German as well. But it's like you could only speak about, you're right, you can only speak about specific things. Um, and <laughs> small talk is a really interesting one. Like, Right. Okay. You know, you're limited to kind of how's the weather and, and things like that. And then you throw in an idiom that, you know, if I just said, oh, I'll speak of the devil. If you've not heard yeah. that as an English phrase, you'd be like, what does that mean? Like, what, what legitimately, what does that mean? Um, I can imagine it's very confusing. By the way, we can test Jerry's French. Uh, do you know how going to be crayfish uh, in French? Oh, uh, no. <laughs> I'm going to have to Google it. <laughs> Think about crayfish. Yeah. English. But the good part is that the more languages you know, the easiest for you to uh, to know the, um, to learn a new language. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm probably going to get this completely wrong. But I think <laughs> it's écrevisse. Oh, it could be Ekhavas. I think I think Ekhavis. Uh, you can click on fish. the you can click on the button. Yeah, that's in, true. Uh, Google Translate. Yeah, it will. Yeah, Ekhavis. It it's Ekhavis. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to copy and paste Ekhavis. that whole idiom. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I wonder if they would use what they would use in French instead. Because <laughs> you're going to directly translate that sentence. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, I am, which probably is not going to make sense. Anyway, bear with me, call it. I will show you where is baguette been eating or something like that. <laughs> yeah. This is where it gets lost in translation. <laughs> oh, no. Where has it gone? Wait one second. Can you feel the tension in the air? Yeah, we can feel the tension in the air. All right. I'm oh imagining God, how Dominic going to be cutting this from the recording. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Sometimes I like to leave this, this torture in for all of our listeners. <laughs> they complain so that I, my, my, my opinions, so I have to leave it in. So it's, here we go. So it's pour montrer ou écrivis hiverne. That's... The thing is, only one, only one person on our Wednesday call would get that. <laughs> yeah. 
pour montrer où écrivis hiver. There you go. <laughs> but then it'd be like direct that... translation to direct translation. Yeah. Yeah, Dom, I, I'm going to suggest you to cut this phrase in French uh, and upload this as a YouTube short. And we'll see yes. how it goes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, hell yes, I'm going to do this. I'm also going to do your other suggestion. It's going to be like right at the beginning. <laughs> it's going to be the worst thing that's on the podcast. Da -da 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 -da. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Distinct the Podcast. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and you need to add uh, French subtitles to this one. Oh, oh <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that one. Right? <laughs> Actually, what I might do is I might just add just add the subtitles in French and not the UK ones. Because my my mum has great, like has a, a proper great laugh where she will, uh, she puts the subtitles on because she likes to see how wrong the subtitles are to what we say. And I mean, I go and edit the subtitles so they make a little bit of sense. But then what I'm then going to try, what I, it still doesn't quite always work out. There's always bits that you miss because it's like, I think the record is 28 pages of subtitles that it's automatically God. generated. And YouTube has this great thing. The, the subtitles generated by YouTube are um, American. So I deliberately go through and I make them longer because if we've ever said favorite or, you know, something like that, we, we, add a, we spell it with a U and the Americans don't. Yeah. So suddenly... <laughs> do, 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 yeah. do, do. Um. I think it was my dad that was working on um, something, uh, a documentation. He used to work in computing as well until he retired last year. Lucky man. Um, and he changed, he went through and edited a thing about analog catalogs um, for the company he was working for. Now, Excellent. in American, they omit the UE of both of the UE of both of those words. Um so he just went through, well, find or replace, donk, and this, like, something ridiculous, like, thousand-page um, uh, document went from, like, a thousand pages to, like, some ridiculous, like, 1,200 pages just by adding UE to the end of everywhere that uh, analog catalog <laughs> said in a, in, a, in a document on analog catalogs, something like that. I can't remember the exact wording, but, yeah, something like that. I didn't know That's that about amazing. the UE. Yeah, it's amazing. Mm, it is amazing. Yeah, it is. And it, what always then I love about languages, I've had a lot of these conversations with some probably with yourself, Evgeny, and some with other colleagues of different, you know, different language languages. Um, is like, how did you come up with like that? How did you come up with, you know, we're going to admit the UE. How did the French come up that they don't pronounce about 16 of the letters on the end of every single word because, you know, they can, right? It's like, who decided that was a thing? And then how did it become that everybody in the world, in that country, does the thing like that? Somebody just goes to... My, my favourite language, I have to admit, is Spanish because they pronounce all the letters in the same way in every single word, every single time. So it's the easiest language to learn. It's actually the thing why dictation in Ukrainian is quite simple, because mm. in Ukrainian there are pretty much no specific rules in terms of how pronunciation uh, differs to the actual words. So everything that you can hear, you write straight away as you can hear. So there is no exceptions, no specific rules. You just what you hear, you write it down. 
and I, to, to be honest, I like it a lot. Yeah, I, I've done. I tried to do a little bit of Ukrainian. I think, obviously, because I I wasn't really learning the words. I was learning basically the alphabet to begin with, or the your equivalent of the alphabet. Um, and I think my my biggest struggle, I think, with the with the language on the especially on Duolingo is it doesn't quite form some of the letters correctly so sometimes mm. a letter looks like another letter and you're like oh is that this one or is that this one so um yeah it's it's not quite built for Cyrillic we have a, a project that been uh supported by quite a few years oh sorry my air conditioning decided to uh, start bleeding with water on my TV. <laughs> Ooh, no, That's like an Amazon Alexa moment. Yeah, it is. Oh, sorry. Guys. Well, yeah, no, yeah. After I just me. knocked my water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, save the TV. Save the TV. Well, to be fair, I'm not watching TV too often, but I still would like to save it. It would be nice <laughs> just to watch something. Yeah, Sod's Law, the TV breaks, then like, I really wanted to watch that. I really wanted to watch that program on air conditioning units. <laughs> oh, dear. Air conditioning unit maintenance. <laughs> a whole series on it. Yeah, you guys, you definitely need some uh, ad in your podcast so you can use this time to, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, let's take a break. You about... Let's take a break to our spon- <laughs> for our sponsors. Jeff Getty, you can't see it, but Jerry's just died. <laughs> just booted him out. <laughs> He'll come back in a minute and he'll be like, what, the actual fridge? <laughs> yeah, Dominic, something should happen at, at your side as well. You know, that we oh, don't. be equal. <laughs> don't. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. I think I, I fixed it. <laughs> the the issue that i currently have with uh with cutting and splitting bits at the moment is that um i don't remember where things died so <laughs> sometimes if you go back and listen to a podcast i'll say the same phrase like literally this like the same next to or i'll say the f- phrase and then i'll continue like well that's a good place and i'll listen to it a bit longer and go hang on a minute i I, like restart things and pull things together and it's a bit like "Hmm, maybe i need to go a different place (laughs) yeah in general i think you you're making pretty good in terms of cutting things so it's 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 really uh sounds at least pretty good i mean I'm, i'm not getting lost during your podcast which is the main thing that's that's our our main aim. We um we 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 like to kind of. I'm trying to think of the best phrase to do it is um. I, we like to keep it natural as natural as possible. So I think there's been a couple of times I've left it. I've just left it in, or I've cut out like really big silences. So you know if you know this bit probably will get cut because Jerry will be gone for a while, and then we'll, yeah. we'll kind of pick something up. Um, I might leave a bit in a. Oh, this is this is dying. Um, and uh, it's because it's interesting because you use you actually use the phrase bleeding, um, which we would only use for we would only use that for blood. We would say it's okay. dripping on the television. It's it's yeah. I just again, forgot the dripping uh, word. Yeah. That's the only 
reason why I'm using the other one. That's that's the yeah. main kind of thing when you speak in other languages. Sometimes you can't find the right word, and you have to come up with something which is going to be pretty close. Yes. Can, yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Honestly, Jerry, I, I think I was so much when it's good. <laughs> I'm. I just. Decided. I tried to make some point before it started, but I don't remember what we've been talking about. No, neither do I, and that's why that's when it gets really <laughs> difficult to do the cuts. <laughs> Sometimes I just leave them in. I'm like, listen to this cluster and, and all things. <laughs> Sorry, ah, yeah, just, I, I lost I, internet yeah, again. I, anyway, yeah, I, ju I just uh, remembered what, what it was about. So there is a project uh, in Ukraine, uh, which I think it's I don't know many years old, to move the whole Ukrainian uh, language to. Uh, Latin symbols instead of Cyrillic. And oh. actually, it, uh, at first when I heard about it, I thought that, come on, that doesn't make any sense. But when I tried it, it actually made so much sense. Because mm. uh, a lot of letters that we have in Ukrainians in Ukrainian are similar to Latin. And there are equivalents you know, for our specific letters and we can leave them Sorry, not equivalents, but we can leave our unique letters as they are. Uh, for example, the same thing as um, uh, Polish guys doing. And uh, yeah, there are a lot of people who uh, want to migrate uh, because w one of the uh, main reasons for this is because having the same number of letters will help children to learn other languages because obviously there are much more languages with Latin uh, symbols than in Kyrillic. And the second point is uh, purely for uh, tourism, because it's going to be much easier to everybody who visits Ukraine to read the signs, uh, because mm, letters are the same. Really? Yeah. But obviously, there is this huge uh, kind of legacy problem when you have a huge project, and you need to kind of change the very core part of this project. So that's mm. probably the only obstacle that... Uh, what Make I find it never be the case. What I find absolutely fascinating about that is um, the big example that I see regularly is I see a lot of your names in, I'd say Latin basically, because you just I think it's spelt phonetically um, in in Latin characters directly translated. Although there's a few oddities depending on yeah. uh, <clears throat> on something, so um, I have to rem remind. Uh, or reminds the wrong term. I, you know, you tell people that um, when it's an when you've used an H, it's normally pronounced with a G. Um, it's not the G. Them. It's somewhere between G and uh, H. So it's closer yeah. to. I think the 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 closer gonna be Harry Potter. So you kind of speak it. Uh, I don't know with this H, which is not H, but Harry. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. So, so it's okay. So it's Yev, Yevgeny. No, Yevgeny. Yeah, yeah, something Yevgeny. like that. So it's like it's like very soft G, which is soft closer G, to Yevgeny. Yeah. Yevgeny. Yeah. So yeah. it's closer to Harry in in this yeah. first letter. Rather than sort of Yevgeny, it's Yevgeny. Yevgeny. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Obviously, names are kind of a real unique point of people, and 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 everybody does that. You know, I always get. Um, the legend, my mother, I can't spell my middle name. She never has been able to, which is frustrating. Um, for those that don't know, my middle name is Lloyd. 
Um, and for some strange reason, she writes it down and she always put L-L-Y-O-D and then goes, that's wrong. It's L-L-O-Y-D. <laughs> Just has to write it down wrong the first time. Don't know. Don't know why. Don't know why. Um, but yes. Um, but, you know, I see a lot of the translations like literally and, and sometimes you're like, oh, I wonder how to do that. And then I have a Polish friend who I've done some work for them and um, she's given me the translation of the thing that I was working, you know, the website I was working on for Polish um, and then had to like redesign a lot of all the code because the, the text was significantly longer in Polish than it was in English. So I was like, oh, I'm going to have to change some of that code because I've only considered that it's this big, not this big. So yes, um, it's, it's all these things that you have to consider when you're, when you're doing different languages. Um, I had a small bonus question, um, but I'm also curious, perhaps, because I, I don't know what it would be. Uh, it, based on the people that I know from Ukraine, um, one is more popular. Obviously, it's are you a dog or are you a cat person and can you be both? Obviously, Jerry, you don't have to answer that because right. I know that you're a dog person yeah. through and through. Cats are very popular with people in Ukraine, I've found. I think so, but I personally totally a dog person. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I mean, I have tons of friends uh, who um, have uh, who have cats, but uh, I think dogs are pretty much in the same percentage. So I think it's pretty much equal. The only the only difference, obviously, is because you don't have to walk with your cats, but some of the people still doing this. By some reason, um, mm. cats are a bit more easier to live with in a certain way. But I'm, yeah. I'm definitely a dog person. I think there is, I, I cannot come up with anything else in this world which can greet and love you unconditionally uh, without any reasons as a dog. It's true. That's true. And, yeah. and uh, as my, one of my friends said, uh, he really likes, uh, he really loves uh, dogs, but, and he wants to have one, but he said, if I'm going to have one, I will probably never going to marry <laughs> because <laughs> dogs can give you anything, the, the, the pure love that you need. And that's, yeah, that's enough for you. Yeah. The emotional, the emotional side of things will be done, right? I don't need that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's made me really laugh. That's really tickled me. I like that. But oh, the God. only reason, the only reason why I don't have a dog is because I probably love myself more than <laughs> than I love dogs. Because it's still, it's, it's still, you know, it's it's commitment in terms of when you're traveling, when yeah. something happens, yeah. and so on and so on. So yeah. I, I probably am gonna have a dog at some point in my life, but uh, that's when I'm gonna be fully ready and dedicated to it because I don't want to uh, take. Uh, some creature and don't give it as much attention as I would like to give. Mm. Yes. Yeah. You know, I agree with that. And I think you live in a flat as well. So you haven't got yeah. outdoor space. No, no, I don't No. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, similar to, you know, how I kind of make decisions or, you know, and I've had, I had a really uh, interesting conversation with somebody who sort of said, well, actually, no, I quite like my life as it is. So I, you know, other responsibilities, kids and pets are not something I necessarily want, especially not at the moment. But also it's like we live in a two bed house, which is, which feels cramped with just, you know, me and my husband. And it's like, well, yeah, I, you know, it's 
you what you also want that space and that freedom and that ability to kind of really understand sorry uh give that uh, it's not just you know the personal love like am i you know for me i'm traveling all over the world with taekwondo i can't like have a pet that would only see me you know that would miss me so to speak but also that ability to give that pet be able to go outside and things like that Whereas, yeah but you know, if you had a chihuahua you could take it with you <laughs> kick chihuahua yeah well, I, I've seen you with Taco Bell in your arms. Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah, she's very portable. She's very, very portable. Larry, not so much. No. 38 kilos of Larry, <laughs> of giant douche. Not easy. Not that easily transportable. I suppose that's what, why you take him to the paddock. Yeah, that is. What breed do you have? So I've got a golden retriever. Oh, and, uh, they're amazing. Yeah, yeah they're incredible. I, I I love them to bits, um, and then we've also got a, a chihuahua, a chihuahua in the in the household, um, and she. So he's thirty. Larry's thirty eight kilos, and Belle is about two and a half now. <laughs> Larry's kilos are about the same size as Taco Bell. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and who is the older one? Larry. So he's okay. six. Taco Bell's two. Yeah. yeah. I remember when you got Taco Bell. <laughs> very anxious. She was tiny. He'd come, he'd come on the calls like this with like with the, like Taco Bell, like literally a, a head like this in his hand, and he'd just be on the one handed on the keyboard in these meetings. And then all but, of the all of half of the group in our in our meetings would be like, "Oh, show us the dog! Show us the dog! <laughs> we don't care about the meeting. Show us the dog." Yeah, she was very cute, very trembly as well for a long time. For about three months, he was always trembling. I don't know why. <laughs> Constantly. Yeah. Um, and I suppose, I mean, the reason why is, is I, I'm, I, you know, a significant, the um, program of work that myself and Yevgeny were on a, for a period, we just seemed, I think just a lot of your colleagues, just ha- a lot of them had cats. Mm. I don't think I yeah. knew one of them that had a dog. That's that's why I wondered if it was a Ukrainian thing or whether it just happened to be our te- the team that yeah, we were part of. Pure coincidence, I think. <laughs> Yeah, just not the, not the greatest cross. Maybe it's a softer engineer thing. I was thinking, is there a correlation? I wonder if there's a... Was it spurious... Spurious, spurious, com- spurious correlations, that's what we there had with go. Swanee last time. Yeah. I think it's actually probably more a tester thing. Because <laughs> <laughs> Evgeny yes, being a dog person, right. and then a lot of them were testers. <laughs> you're right. One of them who I work with has also got a cat. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yes. There was one dev with a cat, with a cat that howled. <laughs> out. Yeah, you'd hear it on the calls and it would be yeah. like, what is going on? What is that noise? I've heard babies make less noise. <laughs> right. Uh we're gonna get we are gonna get all of our guests to do this, Evgeny. Um so you're no no exception. It's gotta be what are you putting into room one oh one? Um I am gonna set a few boundaries because I know what you would put into room one oh one, but it <laughs> Okay, it's, okay. Because it, yeah, it can't be the obvious thing in there. Yeah, it can't be the obvious. We can't put Vladimir. Well, are we? We because we'd all agree like Vladimir Putin would need to go in there. But it's got to be something like a little bit ad hoc. Um, Hooper got a lot of backlash from my mother about Stonehenge. <laughs> <laughs> she did such a random it. thing to put. Yeah, yeah, such a random thing to put in. I love it. So I don't know if you've had time to prepare, but we'll give you some thinking time. But yeah, Room One Hundred One. What would you put in Room One Hundred One? And as far as I understand, with the rules, we don't have to put the actual object, right? No, no. no. So I, I would probably come up 
uh, with either two things. The first one, uh, social medias that don't have download button mm -hmm. uh, or good protection from bots. And the second thing is probably uh... oh, I know. Uh, it's it's going to be slightly political, but still, uh, United Nations. Probably that's going to be the good. Oh, interesting. Ooh. Yeah. Interesting. Ooh. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Tell the us United why. Nations. Tell us why you'd want to put. You, you have to sell this to us now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, the uh, obviously you're asking about social media, right? <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. No, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no. So yeah. with uh, United Nations, I, I don't suppose it works anymore uh, after the last one and a half hours. Oh, sorry, I was one and a half years that I spent here. Because if you think about it, the the concept itself is pretty cool, right? That uh, there are a big table where everybody can speak about certain things and come up with the solutions. But when you see it, like when one of the countries who has, uh, I think it's called the same way, WETA, right? Yeah. Uh, in, in, this, uh, oh, in this group yeah. and yeah. Mm -hmm. doesn't recognize any other rules, the whole concept doesn't work in this case. Yes. Because... The, the yeah, during the concept time. works. I think the execution at the moment doesn't yeah, work. Yeah, ex execution yeah, execution doesn't work. So the whole the whole process should be revised because otherwise, yeah, you you can just keep these uh, conversations around this big table, but nothing gonna change because the hmm. whole approach designed that you might sort out some unimportant things or not so important things to most of the countries. But when it comes to something really important, there is always going to be a big country with the veto uh, option which can block this. And in mm. this setup, it simply doesn't work. If we want to have this United Nation as a proper um, thing, the only way is democracy, which is also mm. not the ideal thing. But uh, as we all know, it's, uh, it's not ideal, but it's still the best that we have. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, uh, so, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's I think my main point because right now that's the thing that irritates me a lot, and especially considering how much money obviously goes to this uh, structure, but the outcomes it's really it's really not so great. Let's say, <laughs> and I think because even for for a time there was a point where. I think Russia was actually like, I can't remember what the, the name of it is, but it's like the equivalent of the chairman. Like they are the, almost like the yeah. host of the meetings, like yeah. right when this kicked off. And I was like, eh, I can't, like, you know, like it's, it's another one of those, like, I don't understand your logic. Like, did nobody sort of just go, do we really think this is a good idea? <laughs> you know, could we have chosen any one of the other members to kind of go through this, like literally any of them <laughs> like, um, and things like that. So, and especially yeah, no, I like I, this. Sure yeah. You can, you can Google. There are quite a few, uh, funny videos uh, from the United Nations uh, meetings where the, some of the countries, they just, 
uh, cannot stand it anymore. I think I remember at least few cases with Albania and uh, Latvia, I think, or Lithuania. It was uh, who just said that, guys, we're just wasting our time here because they had to listen for, I think, one hour how uh, a Russian uh, diplomat was explaining there are, uh, that there is a, um, this insects in Ukraine who was biologically um, changed so they can kill only Russians or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, some of the cons- I know I know you love a good conspiracy theory and we haven't Jerry and we haven't done one but some of the conspiracy crap that came out was just like Yeah, what? and and this guy I don't remember was it from Albania or uh, Latvia because they were speaking about the same things mm, in, in different yeah. order. He said, "Guys, what the hell is going on? There the are <laughs> 50 diplomats around the world, but we still listening for this nonsense. So maybe we're going to try to do something that means or matters yeah. yeah so yes yeah that's that's a fun I, I definitely agree with you the current execution definitely execution of the un needs to go in the bin a little bit needs to go in room 101 that's just it's just not worked the last year and it's like even as an outsider though you're just like i mean i mean you heard my my rant earlier about stakeholders and stuff like that and i never really get into the government as somebody that feels very um I want to say, is it pa- passionate is probably the best way, but cannot fathom the illogic stuff that's happening at the moment. And, you know, politicians, if it's, like, you know, to have a, po- you know, when you get a politician go, are we doing, you know, what the hell are we doing? Then you think, okay, now it's got really bad. <laughs> you know, it's bad when another politician has gone, it's got a bit mental here. It's got a bit mental. Um, so, yeah. Right. Yeah, and that's that's the reason why... Pretty much if we look into the European Union, it's pretty much the same, right? A lot of countries sitting at the round table and making decisions. The only difference is how the decision been made. If the mm. biggest amount of people voted for it or diplomats from different countries, that's it. We're going to use, uh, we don't going to use Lightning for anymore, uh, port anymore. We're going to start using USB-C for iPhones. That's the thing. Yeah. Uh, maybe, yeah. I don't know. Uh, for example, Czech Republic or France doesn't agree with that, but everybody else agrees, so we have a decision. And that's how it's supposed to work. And I think exact same thing should be in the United Nations. Because yeah. even if we talk about some global things that we need to resolve in the next decades, such as global warming, uh, warming and the, the whole situation with plastic and so on, okay, we can come up again and say, we need to reduce the amount of plastic that we're generating. And then everybody votes for, yes, let's do this. And I don't know, China or I don't care, Sweden, everybody else can vote no, and that's going to be it. So what is the point of this voting? Because yeah. in, mm-hmm. when you have 200, more than 200 countries around the world, it's obviously somebody Someone is going to say no. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because the only part of the European Union, I believe, that works like that is getting into the European Union, all current European Union Oh no, that's NATO. I'm talking about NATO now. NATO yeah, yeah, has that yeah. same position. Yeah. Like to be part of NATO, every single NATO country it's got to be has unanimous, to agree. That, it? yeah. yeah, it's got to be unanimous. Um, so yes. Whereas yes, no, you're right. The European Union has a has a collective, and also I believe I can hear Samwise screaming at me because <laughs> this is this is Samwise's bread and butter. But I believe that um, 
they have a neutral as the head. I used to, I can't remember the name of the. Oh. But it's uh, not. Mean, uh, in, it's not. In, it's not a European specific England country. Or? Yeah, some or one of them. I can't remember what it is, but there's definitely one where it's not a country specific. Like a country doesn't host it for a bit. It is a neutral. Um. Kind of. Like oh, a councillor, we say. Yeah, a little bit like that. Almost like a, I wanted to say president, but I knew that was the uh, wrong Yeah, word. I think it's head of Euro Commission you're talking about. Or yeah, potentially like I am. Yeah, oh. potentially. I thought you were talking about NATO because it's Jens Stoltenberg, isn't it? Uh, again, yeah, but, uh, yeah, there is, I'm a, I'm a... but there is Ursula von der Leyen for uh, European Union. So I yeah, think that's it. Ursula von der Leyen, that's the one. That's it. Yeah. Um, because I remember that that he did all of the negotiating with um, uh, the UK when we voted for Brexit, the world's dumbest thing that we've ever done in our 20,000 year history. And we've done some incredibly dumb things as a country, but it's definitely up there. Um, uh, and, you know, there was a lot of negotiating around Brexit and, and that. And I remember there was a lot about that and some of the stuff that he would say about it i was like oh, i agree with this man why <laughs> i don't agree with what we're doing in our country oh. hey, hey. by the way ironically it, it really helped ukraine in a way because uh, uh uk was able to make the decisions without uh, any consultation with uh other european countries so you guys were helping us much much for faster than anybody yeah, else true. Yeah. this is very true it is the only it's the and I repeat, the only decision <laughs> that I agree with with Boris Johnson. It's the only Boris Johnson decision. I went, do you know what, mate? That was good. Well done. <laughs> good call. <laughs> yeah. I will give you a round of applause. Everything else you've done, you're a moron. But <laughs> we can go from there. Um, and then the social media. Yeah, I think uh, I've touched this topic a bit um, last time. And obviously, I could be biased because of circumstances, but um, the thing is that a lot of things around the world currently been shaped uh, because of the way information um, being delivered to the people around the world. <laughs> and uh, when you don't have download button, the thing that happens is that... Uh, for example, known uh, Russian uh, bots farms generating traffic of like 10,000 users goes to some Facebook post saying that, actually, I think I also touched this uh, um, topic last time, or maybe just in conversation with Dom, mm -hmm. there was at the beginning of the war when they realized that uh, it's not going to be like three days uh, walk through and uh, Kiev going to be uh, under Russia. Uh, they started to generating ideas uh, what this war about and who started it just to kind of give the narrative to the internal audience. And one of my favorite uh, theories that they generated is that actually war in Ukraine being started by UK government because, um, yeah, because yeah, uh, the royal family wanted to distract everybody from yeah. Prince Andrew's scandal. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, it sounds ridiculous, but there is an audience who knows nothing about what's going on in the world. And when they go to the Facebook or any other social media, they see this post 
and then what's gonna they steal like ten thousand likes and the top comment there from the bot as well gonna be actually it makes tons of sense because of and three stupid phrases going next just to justify this and this person gonna see that it's not even they if they think that the actual post doesn't make really sense but when they open comments and see there are lots of people who support this it makes a influence on this person because they started to think well if everybody agrees that this makes sense maybe it's not so crazy to think about it so maybe there is some truth here and that's how it really works so you, this is just an example of the most stupid false news ever, but usually they work much more uh, smarter and they try to mix like, for example, 80% of truth with 20% of uh, false information and come up with and make this mix. And uh, yeah, that's the way to go. And and the way that it works, there's a psychological phenomenon. Oh, I love a bit of psychology. Hey. Um, so they the, the best experiment I've ever seen of this, they uh, were in a waiting room in a doctor's waiting room and they had a bunch of actors in there as well as like a couple of normal patients but the majority of the room was actors and um there was a uh they played a tone like a beep or something over the tannoy every randomly but sort of like every two to three minutes and every time the tone played everybody stood up then all the actors stood up and then sat down right and then gradually over time the other patients were like, oh, do I need to, you know, they followed the crowd, stood up and sat down. Like, there's no inkling to do this. And what, what eventually what they did then, and then the, the, the further a bit experiment, just, you know, that shows how people are attracted to a following, why groups influence, you know, they don't want to be the black sheep or what, what was it called? What, the, the white crow, that was it. <laughs> yeah, I've got it in. Or the crayfish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But what they eventually did is the the actors went to their fake doctor's appointments, so and more people, more patients came in. Uh, to the, eventually, after a couple of hours, none of the people in the room were the actors; they were all just patients. But all of them were very steadfast. They beep, and then they'd sit down. Beep, and then they sit down. Very steadfast, and 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 kind of got that. And they also do it with um, uh, they also do it with uh, monkeys as well where they got, uh, you know, four monkeys in a room and they put like a bunch of bananas at the top of a, of a, uh, in the middle of the room and there's a ladder. But every time a monkey went up the ladder to go and get the bananas, they would spray them with really cold water, like from a fire hose, like enough to kind of, you know, monkey's like, oh, I don't want to do that. Um, and, you know, each monkey tried it and each monkey got sprayed. And eventually would take out one of the monkeys and put in a new one and that monkey would then go and try and get up the, up the thing and they would spray it with cold water. Then they would um, swap. But then a monkey would... Oh, sorry. What they do is they spray all the monkeys with water. Sorry, correction. Right. And eventually they would replace a monkey. It would go to climb up the ladder and all the monkeys would stop it because they didn't want to be sprayed with cold, cold water. Right. And again, after enough time, they would replace all four of the original monkeys. So the four monkeys that were... Um, left that were in the cage knew not to go and get the bananas, but they had no idea why. And that's a like a kind of like a like an extension on that, like follow the crowd. And it's why um, sometimes you always get 
they sort of encourage people to question things. Like, because if, if one of those monkeys just questions you, but why can't we go there? We all get sprayed. And the other three monkeys, they've been replaced. would be like, oh, I don't know. We just, everyone else has told us not to kind of go up there. Um, and it isn't till somebody then tries to break that norm. And that's how like conspiracy theories would come along because like bots will push something in social media or the news or whatever. And it isn't till somebody questions and go, Folks, this is really silly, but you have to be brave enough to kind of be mm-hmm. outside of the norm on that on that occasion. He says. <laughs> he says. Um, so yeah, and I, I I I agree with the social media. I would love to. Yeah, hundred percent. I'd love to get rid of social media unless you can prove who you are. So, it's like, you almost need a passport or your driving license to sign up, so that when people do something idiotic they the you know who they are yeah there's consequences you know there's accountability there's a great advert uh, i can't remember how they did that, how, what what the thing is but they come up with a with a box you know there's a guy in boxing gloves um and they knock on the door of this person and they go are you squidman 32 on whatever and he goes yeah yeah yes that's me and he says well on January the 27th, 2019, you said that you, you wrote a post. What a, and you know, you know, what a Muppet. I could, anybody could take a punch from XY, you know, this boxer. And they said, well, here's this boxer. And then the <laughs> boxer whacks him. <laughs> and Brilliant. it's like, oh, well, you couldn't. Maybe you'll think twice before writing something silly on social media. Brilliant. I think it's Brilliant. a really great and powerful advert that I saw uh, recently. So, yeah. I don't think we need convincing Evgeny to put your two items in room 101. No, I'll help you chuck it in there, Evgeny. I'll... <laughs> Thanks. No worries. <laughs> and to be honest, uh, I, I don't think that um, having like passports data or the full identity under social media work for every single country, because I assume that's probably the case uh, in China, but uh, you don't have freedom of speech, so it not mm. always works in in the best way. So, in in the ideal work, world, for sure, but uh, unfortunately, it's not like this everywhere. Mm. No, no, no. That's that's a fair. That's a, that's a very fair point. Right, we've been recording for an hour and forty-five minutes, but we've had quite a few breaks because Jerry's internet has. Oh, here decided we go. To I knew I was going on. We also had an air conditioning, a leaking air conditioning <laughs> unit incident. I would just like to point that out. Yeah, and it great. happened yeah. to coincide with me losing my internet. So that was a bit the spooky. second time. The second time, yeah. <laughs> so Jerry's internet is connected to your TV. That's what it is, Evgeny. <laughs> yeah. Apparently. So make sure you keep that dry. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, we should probably talk about like the topical event and why we yeah. brought you in last time. And I think we can spend her as little as long on this as as you want because I know that we we talked quite extensively about it. I do actually have a few more kind of questions, a little bit like some like, like outside ones, but I suppose um, it's kind of up to you and where you want to start. Like, especially if there's anything difference between like now and January and what you've found like in those last kind of, uh, is it eight months or so, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah. Eight months or so. Mm, what is the difference? I think the main difference is that we survived through the winter because that was the most kind of uh, tricky case for us because there are a lot of 
um, problems with electricity. Uh, everybody was thinking what's going to be with heating and so on and so on. So it was a tough winter, not going to lie. But uh, surprisingly, the adoption to these circumstances was quite nice as well, because <laughs> almost every small business that we have, at least in Kiev, but I've been in other cities across Ukraine as well, is, the situation is the same. Somehow, despite the whole economical issues and other stuff, they were able to buy at least one generator and Starlink. So it's kind of fun situation when there's like huge missile attack, there are blackouts, there are a lot of stuff going on, but then you just go regularly to your uh, coffee shop nearby you and drinking coffee and <laughs> uh, using free Wi-Fi that works through the Starlink. Uh, so yeah, it was an interesting one. And I think everybody is now have much more uh, confidence in the next winter, although it in some ways could be worse because the um, kind of infrastructural. Obviously, the more missile attacks happening, the more problems we have. But uh, mentally, everybody is like super prepared. So I think that's the main thing. The, the longer you are in this, the stronger you are to the whole situation. The downside, probably the only that I can see right now, is that everybody took it really... Um, really good in terms of like how to tackle this situation and people from all of the country doing incredible things like literally every day um, but now when one and a half year passed i see that mentally uh, people are ready to continue uh, doing what they're doing and uh, like be able to fight through these obstacles but in the like normal circumstances they became much more unstable and nervous because you know when you constantly fighting with something it's hard for you to became uh, to uh, stay uh, untouched mentally in, in normal mm. situations so uh, one of the probably best examples that i can give so there is, as usually, like missile attacks, some explosions. Uh, you like sitting in the uh, basement, continue to working, everything like business as usual. You are totally fine. And then you go to, again, coffee shop and your favorite, I don't know, meal isn't available. And this is what hits you. So, mm. you know, like a tiny thing that became our, like, on top of everything that been before. And that's the reason why uh, a lot of people working with um, therapists right now, uh, like half of my friends who never visited therapists in their whole life starting doing so because there is not much uh, like batteries, mental, mental batteries left to come up with this. And it, it really helps really. So everybody gives a really good uh, feedback about uh, therapy so um, in case anybody who's listening this and yeah and they could be in different circumstances but i totally can um suggest you to go and, and try therapy to uh fight it's with cool. your own obstacles 
It's quite, it's quite interesting. I, I don't know if you've listened to our latest one because sometimes you're not people. No, not not the latest one, the the one before. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I'm, I'm, I'm going to really caveat. By the way, I'm not going to compare my situation to people in Ukraine. Absolutely not. So that's one of the things that I've done in the last couple of months is to go back into therapy, and it is really helping me. Um, I interestingly, one of the things that I am exhibiting at the moment is PTSD symptoms as well. Um, the brain is a very, um, but mine is mine is less so around like the fact that I'm sat in a bunker with missiles going over me, which is obviously quite a significantly traumatic experience. Mine is purely um, brain led PTSD. So my own brain is causing myself PTSD, which is a wonderful thing to try and fix. And if anyone's got some like magic wand, I'd love to know that. That'd be grand. But, <laughs> you know, I, I would like the, the, I mean, I, I also deal with a lot of things of humor, as you may have noticed. Um, but yeah, like absolutely the, the therapy. And that was actually, it's a really nice kind of segue because I was quite curious. So I've actually managed to get my current set of therapy on the NHS wonderful the nhs is a wonderful wonderful thing but i actually wasn't sure what whether these would be private or whether these would be um under um, your medical system i don't know if you have a medical system in ukraine i should have read up before uh yeah so it's kind of all types so i would say we can split it on the government level so there is uh, uh, help for the soldier who coming back or received uh, uh, injuries so there is like the problem for them. There are uh, volunteering uh, programs as well because a lot of because we had uh, um, we used to rely on ourselves more than on the government in a lot of ways. So we have uh, powerful volunteering uh, groups, and that's the reason why we were able to buy a satellite with crowdfunding and, and other stuff like that, <laughs> helicopters and, and mm -hmm. things like that. Um, and so then we have uh, obviously private, uh, as they were before, and a lot of big companies uh, have um, these contracts with um, companies that working on well-being. So as a part of your uh, daily work, you can book a meeting yeah. that's going to be fully or partially um, compensated by your company and go through the session, which is yeah, also I was quite say, nice. Uh, yeah, just thinking about it, you know, I, you know, knowing the company you work for, which I'm not going to, we, we avoid doing it and Jerry will call out like it'll be 2-1 if I do it for us. But um, <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking about it, you know, the, the company you, you currently work for, um, uh, yeah, would absolutely have something being, you know, globally. And, you know, we have the same in terms of ours. Um, it's not like our company doesn't provide it, but they have a connection with a, another company that then provides it that you can kind of reach yeah. out and get, get support from. Um, although apparently, in my case, slower than the NHS, which I'd never thought I'd hear the day, um, which was interesting. And because you... <clears throat> Because that was the, the thing. I know, um, la like in between the two times that we um, that we've done this podcast, when we spoke to Evgeny, we um, one of our colleagues that we used to work with and colleagues, like, friends that we used to work with, obviously went out there and came back due to um, gaining an injury. And I wasn't sure what, like you've just said that because he was volunteering um, or yeah. part of the part of the shall we say the defence, shall we? Um, it was yeah. covered, but I wasn't sure if that was something that you have. Anyway, I'm not sure if you're in a kind of a bit more of an American system where it's insurance led or whether it's um, kind of a bit more UK based or 50 50. 
I think it's closer to UK. So we have insurance, but it's not necessary. Uh, and uh, it's not it's not really common, I would say. Um, well, it depends, like, what part of ins uh, insurance we're talking about. But in a big company, usually it's a part of the benefit. So you get this uh, insurance package. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah, we get, yeah, we, like, we get additional private, I suppose, is the best way to put yeah, it. Yeah. So mm. NHS is still there when we need it. And, in fact, most of the people that we see are NHS. It's just that we can also pay, you know, the company can also pay them privately. Um which can be useful, um, especially and when our government decides. But by the way, I remember one more thing that changed quite significantly uh, since our last uh, podcast is that uh, at least in Kiev we have a lot of foreign people right now. And uh, oh, if, really? yeah, it's, if previously it's usually obviously going to be a journalist and some young guys with mm. I don't know. Uh, United Nations or something like that, mm. uh, or Red Cross, which is, uh, I'm going to say, is a pretty useless uh, organization in many ways as well. I'm going to be honest. Room um, one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there are a lot of uh, a lot of cases that were not really nice with Red Cross, where the funds go into really odd directions and so on. So in Ukraine, it's not really popular. We're trying mm. to, to avoid it. Um, and, uh, and especially considering that one of the duties of Red Cross is uh, taking care of um, uh, war prisoners, uh, which is not the case at all. So the way Red Cross works in Ukraine, obviously they can visit Russian uh, prisoners and so on. But uh, when Ukraine asks Red Cross about Ukrainian prisoners in Russia, they said, oh, uh, Russia declined our um, invitation, so we cannot get and see them. That's it. Mm. There's yeah, yeah, nothing yeah. you There's can do with this. So, okay, then <laughs> uh, it's it's nice that uh, Red Cross is uh, uh, working into one direction only. So, yeah, that's another thing. But uh, talking about the foreigners, now it's much more diverse. So uh, last weekend I've been in the restaurant and I think 80% of that restaurant were foreigners, but not from mm -hmm. one group, but from different groups. So there were people uh, from Asia, uh, there were a group from UK, there were a group of Americans, there were a group of Portuguese people. And uh, so there are a lot of stuff going on. And uh, when I, and I even, even met quite a few people on, in climbing gym and I asked them, Guys, if you've lost a secret, what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> and <laughs> interestingly, that it sounds like some of the people just wanted to travel and see it with their own eyes, what's going on. So it's like, I don't know, like a vacation, shall I say. Uh, there is a, this uh, funny video, maybe you can see, uh, maybe you saw this before, about a guy in America being interviewed and he's saying that his favorite thing to go to a country right after the disaster because security is great, uh, everything is cheap, and you receive so much attention. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so probably that's something similar here. And uh, a lot of people currently uh, visiting for investment purposes because they're trying to find, the, um, for example, the real estate or something that could be bought cheaper right now because they think that it's gonna grow with the time. 
so it's also the thing. And uh, some of them just visiting France, as uh, the guy I was meeting in uh, uh, in the gym. So yeah, it's uh, a lot of people right now here, which is quite cool, I think, hmm. given the I mean, circumstances. I mean, that's also quite good because you know, obviously, you, you said last time that you know, the more money that we can give to to your army the the more likely you are to save people i remember you sort of saying that about that cascade if it was it a thousand pounds to the army saves yeah it's uh, like one, one one pound for an army saves 10 uh pound for humanitarian support because you yes, don't need yeah. humanitarian support if you have a strong army yes yes that was it i couldn't quite remember the exact phrase but yeah um yeah, that was uh, that was definitely one of those things that you're you're like. Yeah, I can see that actually, tourism is still a it still can be quite a, a good thing for to people to to go. Um, and I, I mean, I've been to Kiev and I loved loved going to Kiev, um, <clears throat> except when Ivan got me very drunk. But that was Ivan's fault. <laughs> um, yeah, and to be to uh, be fair, it's uh, it may sound pretty odd, but. It's if you uh, behave according to the rules, it's extremely safe in Kiev. And I would even say it's probably safer than in a lot of touristic uh, cities like, I don't know, Barcelona London. or Paris. Mm. <laughs> London, yeah. So yeah, uh, London. hear me out. So the thing is that obviously there is missile attacks, so you should be careful about them. So when it's a missile attack, you should go to the shelter. But if you are in a shelter, you are in safe. So you just have to wait until the air alert is over and then you go back and doing your business. That's the frustrating part for sure. But if you're doing everything right, you're going to be safe. Other than that, because of the whole uh, war situation, there are a lot of police, uh, a lot of army around. So the, I, I don't know if there is any statistics, but it feels like there is no crime happening because of the whole situation. So most likely you will not going to be robbed on the streets or pickpocketing or something like that because there are all cameras working 24 hours a day. Everybody is looking into everything because uh, everybody trying to find out is there any, I don't know, Russian spies or something like that. So it's it's pretty safe, uh, ironically. Mm. It's um, It's interesting because it's the... I refer to it like the risk it's, it's like the, the the risk consequence like scale where so um like you come to London the the chance of you being a a victim of crime shall we say is probably reasonably high you know whether that's a moped driver snatching your phone whether that's you know someone coming up and threatening you with a knife whether that's you know you know it's actually quite high in London and knife crime is is everywhere we're pretty good with the guns but knife crime is is quite it's quite bad whereas it sounds like and and I, i'd never really thought of it like this but in in kia for example the actual like the chance of you getting involved in a criminal activity is is very low the only problem is is if you do get involved with a criminal activity like you don't go to the bomb shelter when a missile goes off the consequences are fairly are fairly severe that's probably that's where it is and i and it, it's like that the um do you know the way the way that I phrase it, and this is this is a, a very it's a very dark way of phrasing it, but it's very interesting. Um, there is a water corpse ratio for a human. So if you went to a swimming pool and there was a dead body in the in there, you wouldn't go in that swimming pool. 
But I guarantee you there are dead people in the sea. And apart from maybe Jerry, because I know that he doesn't like the sea, you would, most of us have gone into the sea. But there are dead bodies in the sea. So there is a water corpse ratio for a people. And there is probably a risk consequence ratio where people are going, well, actually, the risk of me, actually, you know, that person said about security, that risk of me being involved in a crime is quite, is actually quite low. The consequences obviously are quite quite severe, um, but you know you just got to follow the rules and and I th- you know I think that's the same in any country. I mean when I when I went to Kiev the first time, I did get stopped at security going into the country for twenty minutes, um, and the the guy that was carrying the gun and interviewing me the questions was massive, and I'm not a small guy. <laughs> he was huge. He was like he was and he was he was taller than me and he was sideways. But you know, I was just answering all his questions. I'd like to point out that the last two locations on my passport before I went to Kiev were Jamaica and the Netherlands. So you can understand what type of questions he was asking me at the time. Um so uh, yes. Okay. Yeah, we don't have legalized here. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. No, yeah, the last two things I had on my was so it was, what did you do in Jamaica? Who did you see? Why were you there? And then the same about the Netherlands, and then about Kiev, and then he, uh, then then he went, okay, I just want to get someone else to verify this. Pressed another button, and an even bigger guy came over, who obviously was his his manager, or you know, his manager, I suppose, somebody slightly more senior in the in ranking, because they you know they were all in. Um, uh, army combat uniform and asked me the same questions um my work colleagues found it hilarious after i think it was 25 minutes but you know it's bad when you're at, in a queue for the airport and they sh- and they they tape off your section so they divert the rest of the passengers around <laughs> your queue and you're like okay i could be here for a little while but yes it's it's those types i of didn't things. know that dom i didn't realize that yeah <laughs> yeah honestly i've got some great traveling stories um, but <laughs> Um, like next year, November, I'm due to be going to Argentina. Um, and like, there's part of me that's really excited, but there's also part of me that's a bit like, oh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an English person going to Argentina. I've got to be re- you know, you've got to be a little bit careful about what you say and where you go and what you do. Um, so we will be sticking to like the very touristy sections. Um, and not including that the Taekwondo tournament is probably going to be um 2500 competitors which is double the size of the ones that i did in budapest and um slovenia this year so yeah it's it's again it's that risk reward factor i'm very excited to go and see what argentina is about but i am apprehensive and i'm going to be very much like "Mm, i'm going to keep my mouth shut where i can yeah if anyone speaks to you just say no hablo inglés and that's it and move on (laughs) (laughs) job done okay I got to re- learn a little bit of Spanish yeah. <laughs> before I go out there. Um, so yeah, no, that's that's really good. Uh, By the way, the, uh, the just other... a, oh, sorry, j- just a yeah, just a fun fact because I was uh, talking about the AR alert is over. Uh, this phrase is probably the, the favorite phrase during <laughs> the last year, and uh, because I have uh, all of my tech things are in English, uh, so we, we have a specific app. Uh, that uh, warns you about the air alert and the type of air alert and uh, notifies you uh, when it's over. And um, as I found out, uh, I, I've heard this, uh, like a voice that I've heard before, and then I found out that the English version of this um, of this app uh, was uh, recorded by Mark Hamill uh, from the Star Wars. 
Yeah, what? and uh, yeah, and uh, so the phrase uh, that he says when the air alert is over, he says, "The air alert is over. May the force be with you," <laughs> which is kind of cool. <laughs> brilliant, absolutely that brilliant, brilliant. That Love is the it. best thing I've heard Love in a it. very long time. That is great. Yeah, uh, he's a big yeah. supporter of Ukraine, so yeah, mm. he's a nice guy. Excellent. Uh, I, from memory, Mark Hamill, I think, is just one of those. He's just one of those good guys that you just, you just know is a good guy. He's not been corrupted by Hollywood, as far as I know. Uh, he's just a genuine nice guy, um, and he's played. He's been in a lot more than most people think. Because um, he was animations as well. Yeah, he did. The, he was in the Joker. He played the Joker, and there uh, in the Batman animation, he played. Uh, Fire Lord Ozai in um, Avatar: The Last Airbender, which Jerry has on his watch list, um, and we have a de- well, I have a deadline for you to watch that as well. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So when we have um, our first guest come back on that we've had on, um, she is oh, a yeah. big fan of it. So right. yeah, we need to watch it. You need to watch it so it can be a whole discussion point. Um, but yeah, that is that is cool, Mark Hamill. <laughs> Love it. That's made my day. That. That's- um, the the other bit I wanted to ask, and because this was a this was a weird thing that I read, and I want to know if you if you know it's true and stuff like that. Apparently, you still get holiday if you're on the front lines. Uh, <clears throat> yes. Yeah, so uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, you can get uh, ten days of vacation per year, but I might be wrong. Well, not not mm. the like the bank holiday, obviously, but uh, the mm. vacation. Ten uh, working because, days. Uh, uh, I just think it's days. working days. Working days. Yeah, I, I think it's working days, not not the calendar days. And it's uh, I think it also doesn't include the traveling. So, for example, if you uh, from the western part of yeah. Ukraine, obviously, okay. probably the whole day gonna take the travel, so it will not be count uh, as as your vacation. Uh, yeah, that's that's the thing. But it, it wasn't the case during the first half, a year, uh, half of the year. But obviously, mm. they, they had to come up with this solution because uh, guys are really uh, need a vacation. That's, that's for sure. Yeah, it's not, it's not exactly a not stressful situation, I'd imagine, at times. Yeah, I, t- to be honest, I cannot imagine how 10 days could, could uh, be enough. Obviously, it makes a, a huge difference. But uh, in these circumstances, I think you will, you will like to have 10 days vacation after the first day. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Because the distance is an interesting thing. Because I know that we spoke on a week Friday um, about, because you were asking about Cornwall. Um, yeah. And how far Cornwall was. And when I was sort of saying, oh, that's like a, it's a three and a half hour trip. I think for Jerry, Cornwall must be, must be nearly five for you. Yeah, about that. Yeah. Be, yeah. yeah. I'm cu- from you to the west side, Ukraine is massive. Yeah. And because you, you mentioned the traveling, how yeah. long would that be in a car? So uh, that's easy to answer because uh, we used to have uh, uh, traveling to the west every year before because there are a lot of uh, beautiful places with mountains. So our normal journey takes not to the most western point around nine hours from Kiev. Uh, and to the most western point, I think it's going to be around twelve hours. It's uh, if you are not stopping too much during your mm. way. 
Oh, obviously, yeah. I mean, yeah. Obviously, which which is food breaks. Which is an interesting thing in in regards of electric cars because electricity itself uh, pretty cheap in Ukraine because we have a lot of um, atomic stations. Uh, but uh, no, sorry, it's called nu- nuclear station. I think. Yeah, nuclear, nuclear stations. Have yeah, nuclear station. Yeah. 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 Uh, so it's it's pretty cheap. So potentially having the electric car is extremely uh, cool for Ukraine. But because everybody loves to train across Ukraine, everybody is in this uh, problem that, okay, even if you get the Tesla, it's going to be like 500 uh, kilometers of range, which is not enough to get me to the place I want. Uh, so that's that's one of the problems that we can see here, and especially considering how cold it could be in winter, and your range mm. gonna be half of the size. Mm. Yeah, you have um uh, the U- Ukrainian weather is I'd say a more it's a drier, more yeah. ex- but more extreme in terms of temperature. So the UK is just wet. <laughs> that's the best way to do it. It's mildly moist. Yeah. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, whereas I've, I mean, and I've been to Kiev in, so I've been in February and September. So February was like negative 20. Um, when I was there, it was really cold. It was like one of the, one of your coldest years that you've had for, for years. And the snow, you know, the snow was sort of like, kind of like up here on me, at the, on the sides of the road type thing where they plowed it. It was freezing, but it was really dry. So like, you your lips became chapped really easily and your hands became really dry. Um, uh, and then I went in September, it was probably, I think it was still like high 20s to so sort of like 27, 28, um, which, which, but it, it didn't feel that warm because it was, quite, again, it was really dry. So whereas when it gets hot in the UK, it's like, it's really soggy you you sweat a lot humidity is awful isn't it yeah yeah humidity is the bit that really yeah um and that was a time where we actually walked back from the from it's your old office um back to our hotel um uh, which was very pleasant other than trying to cross eight lanes of traffic using a zebra crossing <laughs> which was interesting but it worked so we we didn't die uh, i think that was the that's the best way to do it um so yeah but then going back to the electric car thing that's it's really interesting that being a thing because you know we kind of go oh how would we survive in the uk and i'm like yeah but europe is like massive and open bordered so how does it work there? And um, in fact, um, K- K- um, KP and the Sunshine Band has just done a trip <laughs> from where you know from near me over in the in the west side, not quite Cornwall, but the west side of, of Somerset to the to France, um, and it worked because I mean she's she said it worked really well because they could stop and then. You know, they stopped for like half an hour, 45 minutes. So they just went and had some food. Kids got a time to kind of stretch their legs and, and do it. So if the infrastructure's there, it's work. But I'd imagine, yeah. yeah, but like you'd have to plan it. It's not something, you know, for myself and, you know, with a petrol car, I would just be like, right, I need to get to X place, fill it up, I'll run out, fill it up, off I go and carry on sort of thing. So it's a different way of thinking. Um and Jerry um, just then runs out of petrol when he's only like 100 miles from home. 
as he did last year. Well, nearly did last year. Because somebody started uh, some stupid rumour that we were going <laughs> to run out of petrol and we hadn't. I, that was the most stupid thing. All right, yeah. God, but that's a really good that. example. That's another example of what Yevgeny said about um, those clickbait articles. Somebody clickbaited like an article where it said, oh, we're going to run out of petrol. And what that actually transpires to is we're actually running out of petrol because everybody thought that we were running out of petrol. Yeah, it's just... But but the crazy thing was, because the media picked up the story, this is the bit that really annoyed me, the media picked up the story and said, oh, apparently um, uh, people are panicking now because somebody said something, it was overheard in a conversation saying that, that um, there's going to be a problem with the supply chain for petrol. Um, but actually it's turned out to be not the case. So everyone's being urged not to panic. But that mm. had no effect. So for about four weeks, everybody was panic buying and the media kept showing cues at the petrol. Set. So they started the panic and then they were fueling yeah, it. Endlessly. Yeah. It's unbelievable. But, you know, that that's the stupidity of it all. You know, we talk about something which is quite sinister and, you know, bots coming up with this with this content. But then when you take rational sane human beings doing what's supposed to be objective reporting and making a problem worse it does beg some questions it's like <laughs> you can't be that stupid surely unless there's an agenda whatever that agenda is that you want to create the panic i'm just yeah. just throwing that out there that's just <laughs> let that let that marinate let that simmer let that, and marinate yeah let that yeah put that <laughs> Put that in your slow cooker for four hours. Have a think about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, sorry, Evgeny, you were going to say something. and um... Oh, no. No, I think I'm done. But anyway, we, we have a lot of uh, power stations right now. The only problem, I think, that uh, the coverage is across Ukraine is really good. The only problem that not all of them are fast chargers. This is the only thing that... Mm. would be nice to to improve but a lot of people already riding across uh across the country uh, especially i think tesla model y is uh, the hit uh, i don't think it's only for ukraine it's across everywhere mm. yeah, yeah we all like our SUVs. i i have a question i'm dying to ask this question i only had one question actually uh to ask you uh, about all this how and when do you think this is all going to end? Uh, I think nobody knows. And the person who uh, thinks they know, they're just stupid. Because there are so much uh, so much uh, unknowns uh, to this formula. So my assumption would be that probably it will take around two more years uh from this point yeah and uh the reason for that is because um everybody in russia still thinks that business as usual so yeah, there is a, a channel i think on youtube that uh one of the russian guys are um making a questionnaire to people on the streets uh in in moscow in in other uh, big cities and usually people like 
okay, I think everything is normal, so I don't think there are any changes and mm. so on. So people don't understand what is what is going on. I think the small uh, kind of understanding of something is really happening started when uh, some unknown friendly uh, drones started to hit the center of Moscow. Uh, but uh, still people trying to, uh, when they even asked uh, about this on the street, they said, oh, I don't know anything about politics. So you've been asked about mm-hmm. the drone uh, that's hitting the Ministry of Defense uh, in your country. And you're saying, oh, I don't know anything about politics, so I don't want to be uh, involved in all of this. So Is that's, that a... yeah. I'm wondering if that's a, I want to pretend everything is normal, or also because if you speak out in Russia, I think, don't there, isn't there quite hefty... No, I, I think it's it? it's 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 more about that during the last twenty years in Russia there was this um, unspoken agreement between between the government and the people that uh, we're gonna give your money, jobs, and everything, but you don't have to uh, be involved in politics. Mm. So just stay at your place. You don't have to make any decisions. Do the stuff that you need, but keep out from the politics. We will make stuff run uh, without you. And that was the agreement for last 20-ish years. Mm. And it, it, it works and it worked in a way because uh, Russia has a lot of uh, resources that they can sell. They generated huge revenues. So in the big cities, people are pretty wealthy. So they, they do have everything that they need and they don't have to be involved in the politics. And when you have this 20 years of negative selection, uh, you mm-hmm. end up in this situation, which is, I think, uh, expected. So, yeah, for sure, there is a percentage of people who uh, don't want to speak to not be punished. But uh, mm-hmm. I think some of those people who had possibility to um, leave the country, they, they did so. Uh, but uh, the majority of people live in a smaller, uh, distant um, country, uh, distant towns of uh, and villages of Russia, and this is a majority of the population, and they have no idea what's going on, and they're happy with what they have because they have much more uh, important questions in in their life and decisions to make. Yeah. Yeah, you 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 want a life of small, manageable problems, and you know if they've got their small, manageable problems, the bigger ones are not going to be something they worry about. Yeah, and another thing yeah. that uh, I I think I kind of reflected when I was reading the really nice book. Uh, it's called The Culture Map. Uh, it's about how different cultures uh, behave and work together. Really recommend to everybody who especially works in a cross um, cross cultural and cross country uh, teams. So on this um, in this book they have a scale, <clears throat> different scales about how business been um, kind of uh, coordinated or managed by people in different countries, negotiations be- between different people and so on. And obviously, it doesn't mean that uh, if they say that uh, China is on this scale and UK on this scale, that everybody in these countries uh, obviously on the, those sides. There is a diversity inside of the country, but like the most of the people will behave in a certain way because of the 
places there where they grew up and so on. And uh, one of the scales there was showing how uh, Russia is strict to the uh, hierarchy. So they were uh, giving the examples of different companies uh, that, for example, in Netherlands, most likely the decision to be made um, uh, for a company going to be, uh, or for a team, will be driven by the team lead, but decision going to be uh, accepted with the group. And uh, the team lead was going to try to discuss it with everybody and come up with a decision that everybody is happy with. Whereas in Russia, if the team lead comes to you and asking what do you think about it, they consider this team lead to be a weak person because uh, he or she are not capable to make a decision, if that makes sense. Mm. So they use yeah. that there is a comment from the uh, higher level management or mm. uh, I don't know politic who will make a decision and we should proceed with the um, execution. And the same thing happens during the war if they will uh, be drafted to take part in war, that's the decision that upper management made. So I had to do this. Yes. There is no negotiation point here. Uh, so I think that's a kind of mental um, thing that, uh, that makes a huge difference in terms of how much time more this war going to Gonna, right, yeah. uh, remain, but the the good thing is that on the field, uh, it in a way helps us. Obviously, I'm not the military guy and not military experts. There is tons of people who knows much more than than I am. But at least from the experience of my colleagues or friends who are currently there, uh, that's what differs us to them. Because uh, in in Ukrainian army, uh, there is a mission and aim that they need to accomplish and so upper management is yeah it's they are not interested how you're going to do this this is what you need to do and feel free to do anything you need to achieve this goal if it, this goal is not achievable just tell us then we will come up with other strategy in russia army there is a strategy from the top and then the signals being uh, passed through the way and if the down layer see that it's not possible there is no feedback back that it's not possible. They still have to do this. <laughs> so uh, that's uh, something that really helps us on the that's field. Really and the same way uh, how the, um, um, I forgot the word in, in English, when you need to uh, find out certain places. Um, uh, reconnaissance. Doing... Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. So when, for example, Russian, um, guys see that there is a possibility to hit somewhere with artillery. They cannot contact artillery directly in some cases. They have to agree this with their like upper manager and then this mm. upper manager should say that yes, now you need to hit the button. So this is uh, yeah, Crazy. this is what really helps us right now. Yeah. But they operations that work like that. Yeah, yeah, but, but they... <laughs> But to be fair, they're still evolving. They see that uh, some of their strategies are uh, pretty bad, so they they learn as well. So I, I know that sometimes media are showing this um, kind of images like uh, poor Russian guys with uh, AK-47 uh, from the 60s of the previous century 
trying to to do something. Obviously, there are tons of such cases. That's uh, that's totally true. But there is a huge percentage of really uh, motivated, angry, and profe- uh, professional soldiers that they have, and they work really efficient. So mm. yeah, yeah, I'd imagine it's kind of. It can depend, but again, which news station you watch, isn't it? I'm sure if you watched a news station in in Russia, it'd be very different to the news stations that we watch around here and in and, and Ukraine and things like that. Um, so it's 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 very interesting to kind of get that and uh, that perspective to see what what's going on, um, and and things like that. It's it's always a really interesting kind of thing to think about and to really understand what's going on. I mean, one of my favorite things um, that I really liked about uh, when I came and visited uh, um, Ukraine, especially is um, you have a slightly different way of um, how to phrase it, like to, to um, how to phrase it, a, little, a slightly different way of like conducting like stuff like you're very open and honest like as a culture you're quite oh, like, yeah you know if, if something's stupid you'll tell us that it's stupid right and and it wasn't so much i wouldn't say it's a shock because i kind of i, I was like mildly warned about it uh, warned it sounds like it's a bad thing it's not it's a great thing like when i was pairing when i went over and coded with um with some of the the you know some of your folks over there um, if I'd come up with a suggestion, the suggestion was a bit of a, was a bit idiotic. They go, no, that's a terrible idea. I was like, oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> Whereas in the UK, I might get something a little bit more lines of, I'm, I'm, you know, there'd be a bit more. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, around. Yeah, it, Inter- yeah, yeah, That's yeah. an interesting you, you suggestion. Don't, don't you don't, you don't, you know, there's a bit of a bluntness, but that's because it means that everything that that, that happens in Ukraine is always done on like um, this like almost like honesty principle you 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 trust each other to be honest and i got, i i loved it i got quite I, you know if i made a suggestion and, and they go no that's a silly suggestion i was like oh well okay fine but if i made a suggestion and, and they went oh so that's a really good idea i was like i trusted that they agreed with me that it was a really good idea they weren't just saying that and it was that was what i really loved about like doing that and that's why that you know you describing the culture map and the way that things are i think is it's just so fascinating to me, and I I love it. I I do get I do get annoyed by um, the Western kind of like the Western niceties. Um, you know, I, I've I've worked for managers that were like they'd come over, they'd be like, "Hi, how are you?" And you're like, "Hi, what do you want?" And go away because I know that all you want is want something. And I'd much rather to go, "Hi, how are you doing? I need this favor. Like, just tell me what you want, and then." bugger off sort of thing so um that, that's that always i always love that but but to be fair i i i like when it's somewhere in the middle which is why i, I really mm. enjoy to work with uh, uk guys because i i do think that you have it uh in in the right way because i even try to kind of do the same in my work because i feel like some of the messages really should be uh kind of covered with all of these words around but uh, mm-hmm. when it comes to important things, I, I still agree that uh, you should be more direct. So, yeah. yeah, there's um, honesty is a really good one because it's you know it's one of as a value that you can kind of pick up. Um, and one of the things that you there's a time and a place. So um, the example that comes from Simon Sinak is that he says like he went and visited a friend who did like a, a you know they were in a theatre play and he went and visited. And he said, I'll be totally honest, the play was awful. 
right? So when she came down, all excited, like, what did you think? Oh, you know, da, 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 da. he said, it's wonderful to see you acting in, a, in, in, you know, to see you acting, which is a true statement. But she wasn't in a reciprocal mood to sort of say, yeah, but the play was terrible. And then apparently she phoned him up two days later and went, okay, tell me honestly, what did you think of the play? And he went, okay, here's where I think it needs some improvements. And he's, you know, at all times, he's totally honest. He's never lied, but there is a, there's a time and a place to be able to deliver honesty. And, and I, and I, yeah, I, I agree with you on that bit as well. It's like, honesty doesn't have to be brutal. It can be, it can be delivered in a good way. Yeah. Um, but I also just appreciated that I, I think the bit that I appreciated is I knew you were being honest when they said that's a terrible idea. I knew they thought it was a terrible idea, right? I didn't need them to go, well, let's, you know, it's, there's no, don't waste our time. If it's a terrible idea, let's not waste our time. No flim flam. Yeah, no flim flam. No that flim is, flam. Do you know, that is, the, that is a very accurate statement. There, there you is go. absolutely zero. Flim Says flam. the man who's rapidly losing light. <laughs> I, I've lost my marbles. No, I've, I've lost light. Hang on, I need to go put a light on. <laughs> I'm literally sitting yeah, here in the dark. Sorry. Yeah, it's because um, when when Yevgeny started, obviously you're two hours ahead of us. So you started at like ten past ten past eight, which we worked out was uh, sun setting time. Yeah. Um, it is now ten past eight for us. <laughs> so it's it's gotten dark. <laughs> it's gotten quite dark. But sudden, you might have seen mine switch from white to yellow. I've changed my lights to be yellow. No, actually, so I, I haven't purchased, so it's was quite yeah. smooth. Yeah, it was like uh, if I do that, like there's a bit of a difference, ah, okay. and then <laughs> I changed it to yellow just so I didn't look quite so bleached. I was looking at myself, going, "I look quite unwell. I look very white." <laughs> um, I think um, we've been recording for quite a while and um, this one didn't go into as much depth, but I think we, I still support, like I, reg, I, I, I have to admit, I, you know, I regularly catch up on it and, and, and I know, um, because I know so many people, I know I've, I've put some of my money towards things because, you know, that's what I care about. And there'll be stuff in the description for anybody that wants to donate. Um, I'll use the same links as last time. Um, but if there's any more that you think need to go in there, Yevgeny, um, yeah, I don't think I'm going to, I don't think I'm going to interrogate you too much tonight. I think we've touched on like politics and some humor stuff. No, maybe. actually, I, I still have two hours. If you... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, if you record it and just send that over, yeah, <laughs> wang it over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, and and for me, it just gives us another opportunity to have you on again because you're a great guy, and I, I I really enjoy talking to you and just having you on. And I'm I'm sure Jerry, you you're yeah, you love yeah, you're, you're a lovely guy, Vinny, and and it's great to have you on the show again. We have yes, to have you back it, again if you're open to that. Yeah, it's always a pleasure to to speak yeah. to you, and it it really feels like uh like a conversation in the bar, um, yeah, more than a, than a podcast. And I think that's the, well, the most cool thing about your post podcast in general oh, thank you we we had a suggestion in fact speaking of the person that made the suggestion they've literally just whatsapped me and they've gone sorry for not replying because they have left me for uh on on red for a couple of days samwise i'm calling you out um, <laughs> i didn't know you were gonna go full leroy jenkins for that one yeah i was gonna that's uh, samwise you can she can deal with it um so what was i gonna say right shut up samwise leave me alone um Jerry, I'm going to call you out here. What are your final thoughts? Go. Well, <laughs> final thoughts. We can do final thoughts and then the the request. 
Final thoughts. So final thoughts. Well, final thoughts from you. Final thoughts from, from Evgeny, Evgeny. Yeah, just and to then, give you. Okay, and then and then you can put in your your request. Final thoughts from me. So, I have been having conversations with somebody, um, that a, a very very dear friend of mine. We've been having conversations for for a, a while now about, um, uh, friendships and connections and. And, and the power of 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 connecting with people um and uh you know the fact that we're sitting here you know dom and i are in different parts of the uk and you're there in in ukraine and we are all together here having this conversation connecting empathizing sharing laughs um i just think it's absolutely amazing that that one we've got the ability to do it um and it's really heartwarming that we have the desire to do it as well mm-hmm. um because it doesn't matter you can have all of the tools and everything in place if nobody actually wants to connect and nobody wants to have these conversations it won't happen so the fact that it's happened is a uh, is fantastic and just want to say a big thank you again Evgeny. that's it's been it's been an absolute pleasure yeah the pleasure is mine really i really enjoyed the conversation and yeah as always your final thoughts Almost <laughs> that touches yeah. the, the deepest parts of your soul. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, it's it's good. I don't. I don't, we always seem to somehow dig something like down from down below. And um, what's interesting is um, now that Samwise has not messaged me, I remembered why I was going to call her out. Um, so Samwise had said to me that you know it should be uh, distinct and jovial on tour. Um, so yeah. uh, Samwise is in <laughs> Germany. So. Uh, we were like, oh, okay. So we, we, the quote, I said, the thing I said to her, I, I'm going to call Samwise out. And what I said to her, I said, if we're going to come and do a recording at yours, you have to provide the beer. Now, I think if we get the opportunity to come out to oh, yours, Evgeny, right? When, you know, when, when, when our, let's say when our families deem it safe enough for us to travel, I think, because <laughs> like, I think both of us would be like, let's do it, but our families might not. Um, we, uh, we will provide the beers. Um, but maybe we need to speak to some Belgians and get you some proper Belgian beer instead of just... No, no, beer's going to be from me. I have uh, quite a few places <laughs> where means. I want to cool. yes, yeah. sit with you. Right, Jerry, you can finish this with, with your thing. Right, so this is this is the idea, and this is going to be a regular thing now on every single podcast. So this is a request. It's a request for a celebrity to join us at some point, whenever they want to. Okay. We'll accommodate. Um, and every single podcast episode, we are going to nominate or call out a celebrity that we would love to have on distinct and jovial. So this is for the people out there that listen, either, you know, the person that you're either, you know, the celebrity directly, you might do who knows, right? I don't know who's listening or you know somebody that knows the celebrity or you know the agent or you know somebody that knows the agent. <laughs> anyway, you can you could do this based on the whole six degrees of separation thing. But um, uh, I would like to call out um, the first celebrity of the series of call, celebrity call outs. I'm going to have to call it like celebrity call out corner or something like that. Am I going to have to make it catchy? Yeah, we have my <laughs> celebrity call out corner. Um so uh yes this is a call out to uh, Johnny Depp. Ooh. Yeah. Now, 
if we get Johnny Depp on this show, then somebody I've been trying to get on this podcast for a long time um, will also join <laughs> in a heartbeat. So, Absolutely. okay, so <laughs> we will have two guests. If we get Johnny Depp, we'll get two for one. Buy one, get one free. If we get Johnny Depp, we'll get this person. They they promised that they would <laughs> join the podcast. So there you go. Okay, Johnny Fair Depp, enough. if you're listening or somebody who knows Johnny Depp is listening, we'd love to have you on the show. J- Jerry's going full manifestation. That's what Jerry I am. Is full. Honestly, we manifested this and it's happened. Uh, so I'm manifesting. Yeah. I mean, the podcast, I mean, and, and just how everything's panned out. And it's, so, so there you go. That was it. That's the first of celebrity call out corner. Call out. <laughs> Actually, every, every time that you do this, you can try to come up with uh, uh, handshakes that can uh, lead you to the celebrity because you know this theory, theory right? That uh, everybody knows everybody through, I think, seven handshakes. Yeah, seven. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I definitely amazing. know my pass uh, to, to Johnny Depp. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> and on that note, listeners, viewers, thank you very much for watching and listening. Um, thank you very much, Evgeny, for joining. Yes. Um, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Um, I know it's, it is an absolute pleasure. I mean, we catch up fairly regularly anyway, so I'll, I'll speak to you soon. Um, yeah, thank you guys Jerry, for an amazing uh, podcast. Ah, yes. Pleasure. No. Yeah. Jerry, thank you for, as always for doing this with me. Um, and to our viewers and listeners, thank you very much. Everybody have a, whatever you are doing with your life at the moment, make sure that it is wonderful. Uh, and we will catch you on the next one. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye. Oh, wow. I've pressed stop and it's just a 